two, one. All right. Well, I want to say thank you to Joseph Bonin, my friend here. Um, he's a fellow brother from Freemasonry. He's the former worshipful master of Honolulu Lodge, which falls under the Grand Lodge of Hawaii. Uh, I'm in a different lodge. I'm in Hawaiian Lodge. But um, I wanted to bring him on just to have a discussion about Freemasonry in general, how it's impacted his life, um, how it's impacted my life, the things um, that you've got to experience through, through Freemasonry and people that you've met, and then your experiences uh, as an officer in the lodge. Um, so um, why don't you just go ahead and give a little bit of background about yourself, and then we'll just kind of free flow from there. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I came... Uh, I grew up in Texas. Uh, I came here uh, through the Marine Corps. Was uh, stationed in in Hawaii. Just never left. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> worked in uh, law enforcement, um, essentially for the last thirty years. Um, then came to Masonry in 2012, um, and uh, was an officer for about seven years in the line and now i'm basically a free agent <laughs> <laughs> so now you're retired you're a past master um and what year was your um what? i guess leadership in, in oh 2017 was it 2017 yep oh wow that's so long ago it feels already because covid yeah so <laughs> yeah covid is that big black hole that yeah. in time that um <laughs> everyone's life just was kind of put on pause yeah you kind of count um, the victims of COVID, you know, these, <laughs> these things that you do every year, um, every year I, I tend to get a, um, best pictures movie pass around February. That, that's, mm -hmm. a something that, um, Regal puts out that for 35 bucks, they'll, they, they're showing all the films that were nominated for best picture. So you can wow. watch these films as many times as you want on that 35 uh, bucks uh, over a like a week and a half period leading up to the Oscars. Oh wow! So, I didn't like, know that. Yeah, and of course, COVID, it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> it's another another victim of COVID. So, <laughs> well, I wonder if they'll bring it back. Oh, I don't know. Oh, they well, they're in the mainland. They actually went ahead. Uh, a a couple of states went ahead and kept up with it. So, I, I they I do believe they make a, a pretty good decent amount of money off of it so i don't think they're going to get rid of that anytime soon so yeah you have to go to the movies like for a whole week yeah yeah i mean to well, see all of them well they 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 would show um i think it was four films a day um every day for a week and a half so <laughs> like when uh the last time we had it i saw ford versus ferrari like twice i saw um i want to say uh once upon a time in Hollywood, I saw that three times, um, <laughs> and I saw wow. every single film nominated. So it kind of kind of makes a difference when you're watching the Oscars that you know all these films, and you're like, okay, yeah, yeah. I, I I can see why they they nominated this, uh, even though I didn't like the film. I can see the the quality of the film or whatever. So oh, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. It seems like you got to be a real like film connoisseur of sorts then. Uh, yeah, you can you can grow into one if you watch enough of them but yeah yeah so so yeah uh, 20 2017 it does seem like a long time ago but it was only four years ago yeah holy so. crap 2017 mm -hmm. i don't even remember what i was doing in 2017 now but so mm -hmm. uh for people who don't understand how it works i guess basically um to be the the head of the lodge 
or the worshipful master of the lodge, mm -hmm. you normally have to serve in each chair or each position before that. Mm -hmm. um, could you just give a little bit of a, a breakdown on how that works for people who might not know? Well, your, your typical lodge that has a, a large pool of people that are willing to sit the officer's line, mm -hmm. then you're going, you, you have um, generally this seven, eight year process where you start from um, the steward, uh, then you, uh, you do a year's worth of steward work. And that's, that's really where you're first showing your um, commitment. Mm -hmm. Um, because that's when the, the stewards are, uh, essentially their responsibility is to ensure that the, um, refreshments are taken care of because that that's, is a tradition. That's super important. To you. Yes. Uh, there is, there is a saying in masonry, if we're going to meet, we're going to eat. Yeah. If we're going to meet, we're going to eat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I like that. Yeah. So, um, and, and you're talking about, this is not anything that popped up in the last hundred or, or even 200 years, we can stretch back to uh, the Regis manuscript, which um, while it purports to be reporting on something that occurred in 900 AD, um, from a logical standpoint, even if we don't want to believe that it's it, what it's referring to in, in 900 AD actually occurred, mm. we can know for sure that it was uh, dated the, the document itself was dated in 1390 so you you know that um, at least this tradition was that old because within the Regis manuscript it gives that set of duties to the stewards that um, <laughs> yeah you are you know you're in charge of the refreshment and there, it, it's not it's not that it was invented with the Regis manuscript or or necessarily even, um, in the meeting that it that it reports to discuss that supposedly happened in 900 A.D. under Athelstan's, uh, the the then king of England's mm -hmm. um, direction, um, but it was a, a tradition that, uh, according to the Regis manuscript, was already there. It was mm -hmm. already instituted. So, for the stewards, um, yeah, that that can uh, stretch over 700 years oh easily. wow that's fascinating i didn't so, know that yeah so you you got this steward position and then you've got a number a, a number of other positions mm -hmm. above it and what you're really learning when you're taking each one of these positions for a year um is you're learning a different aspect of what that lodge um uh needs because Truth be told, a lodge is really a, a, a living thing. Right. Um, it is a representation of uh, the Mason himself, but just like the Mason himself, it is a living thing that requires uh, a diverse set of um, things to occur in order for it to survive uh, hundreds of years. Because we in Hawaii, we have lodges that are uh, over 100 years old. Um, yeah. And there's no no sign that they're going to um, not make another hundred years uh, or more. And you've got lodges in England and and, and America that are uh, more than two hundred years old. Yeah. So these things have a a, a like I said a, a complex set of 
criteria that they need to meet to um, continue to, to survive, if not thrive, um, yeah. because it requires um, rotating a new membership. Um, it requires business to be done. This is a nonprofit, and, and you still have to to deal with the IRS. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you yeah. gotta you gotta um, understand accounting for nonprofit organizations. Um, I mean, you could get away with not not necessarily knowing these these kind of things, but you're not gonna you're not gonna have a healthy lodge yeah. if you don't. And you're um, definitely not <clears throat> pulling your weight. Yeah, I mean. Um, I, I can understand that um, not everything, I mean, not everybody's a business person. Um, not everybody is a cook. Yeah, um, me. Not everybody <laughs> is um, a great orator. I mean, these are all the complex little things that, mm-hmm. that need, to, need to happen. So um, when you're moving up that officer's line, um, each stop along the way, you're developing yourself. And that's, that's a, a, a very interesting thing about masonry um i've seen people that are how shall i say um they're very uh drawn within themselves because that that's something that masonry attracts it attracts people that um have spent a lot of time self-reflecting um they spend a lot of time um looking at their place in the world around them uh and that's that's generally what masonry is there for is to help um someone who's looking for that to understand um not only the way the church will teach you your place with god and say psychology will teach you your place um with other people masonry is really giving you the clues to understand your place in that triangle Mm -hmm. your place with with the supreme architect of the universe, uh, God, um, your place, uh, and how that affects your place with other, other, your, the rest of mankind, and in that, that three-way triangle. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, um, I've seen people drawn within themselves that, that were fairly timid, but by the time they became master, they were, they experienced, maybe for the first time in their life, the confidence to know Hey, I've got this. I'm I'm assuming master. I know that the the sword of Damocles is over my head. The 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 health of this lodge is on my head. Mm-hmm. And and honestly as as a master, it's it's a funny thing. I I said this in my installation speech. I said um it's a very funny thing that I started my career in the officer's line as a steward and I'm ending it as a steward. Because that's what a master is. Right. A master is like a ship captain. Um, he has the fundamental ability to change his lodge, to, to just completely turn it on his head. But he should never seek to do that unless the lodge is completely broken. Mm-hmm. Because a lodge's health depends on, yes, it's mo- in moving forward. But if it turns around and shifts gears every time there's a new master... Um, there's no continuity. There's no growth. It's just taking one step forward and taking one step back. So, um, yeah, as, as a master, you're you're assuming this thing, and you're a, and you realize you're a steward, and the and the life of the lodge is is on you. But you have learned all the things that are really necessary for that 
coming up that seven-year line. Now, it is true when you, when you have a lodge that doesn't quite have enough incoming membership, there's sometimes that, uh, or especially here in Hawaii, we have this, we have um, a lot of military will yeah. go in, into the lines and then they will they will get called to, to PCS out. Yeah, and, and that, that, that so, that's a strain. Yeah, you 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 have uh, people that then um, and this happened to me um, then have to move uh, one or two positions up. Um, but as long as you, one of the things that we do that um, I'm glad that we do is we do make people um, qualify in positions and if you jump two positions you need two particular positions once you get past a certain point in the lodge where you're you're closing in on on becoming a pillar or a um a master is you have to qualify for every one of those positions so you may not get a year's worth of um time to to grow in that position or whatever but you're still gonna have to know the job yeah and and that's interesting too like um the the journey through the chairs is, mm-hmm. is not one that I've taken on. Maybe mm-hmm. one day in the future, it's mm-hmm. just you know, s- sometimes life is just too busy, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, let's go back before you were in charge of the lodge, mm-hmm. before you were an officer, before you were a member. Mm-hmm. What kind of drew you into Freemasonry in general? Because a lot, of, I find a lot of people are interested in Freemasonry, mm-hmm. but um, I guess they have the perception that. Um, someone in your family had to be a mason for mm-hmm. you to be a member, or mm-hmm. or a lot of people they'll see like my ring, I mm-hmm. wear the ring, mm-hmm. um, or any other logo that somebody might wear, and, and and they say they see it, but they're afraid to ask. And I, right. mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to tell people who you don't know, no, 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 to mm-hmm. to be one, ask one. You mm-hmm. can ju- you can ask. No one uh-huh. no one minds it, uh-huh. um, but people don't really really understand that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess. Uh, I kind of just want to figure out like what got you interested, how you became interested, mm-hmm. because again, like I was saying, like maybe maybe there's other people who might hear this, mm-hmm. and it might encourage them to kind of like do what I did and just show up to a lodge and say, mm-hmm. "Hey, I'm interested. I just I don't know what to do or who to talk to." Uh-huh. <laughs> well, that's a that's a funny one. Um, essentially, beforehand, I had no interest in masonry. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a funny thing, um, my one time I ever had any discussion, um, with my parents or any of my family about the concept of masonry was, um, I had friends that were in D. Malay back in Texas mm-hmm. and they loved it. Uh, and they wanted me to, to come, um, join them in D. Malay and I got invited to a meeting and, uh, when I asked my mother, she's like, "No, no, I don't, I don't trust those people." She knew it was is associated with the Masonic Lodge, and right. I never really paid any attention to the. I mean, we we drove past the Masonic Lodge, and just never paid attention to it. It was just one of the buildings in my hometown, and that was the end of it. Never discussed it again. Um, but it is kind of funny. I know that um, some of my really old ancestors um, had to be Masons. Because the first Bonin to come to America was actually um, a, a person uh, assigned to a fort in the French territory. In We don't know when he got here, but he was married there in 1740. But his dad, when he left France 
to get assigned to this. Um, it's recorded. He was a plasterer. That's in France, in Grenoble, France, and and that's where um, that constituted a mason. That was part of Masonic work. Was I mean, when you when you build the cathedrals and all that, you have to have your plasterer goes in and uh, applies the plaster. So I know that they were masons at least hundreds of years ago, yeah. uh, but I don't know when that connection stopped or ended. I mean, it could have ended with my grandfather, and I have no idea because mm-hmm. we never discussed it. But um, now my my first real exposure to the concept of masonry was. Um, I read some of the books that, uh, like Holy Blood, Holy Grail, um, oh, yeah. and um, I may have read Temple in the Lodge before uh, I joined Masonry. But um, what they the 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 picture that they really painted was um, a secret society that had um, some painted it as nefarious intent, some painted it as just okay. Well, they better. They're there to do favors for each other and, yeah, and things like that, or they're they're there to, um, uh, yeah, curry favor and and none of that honestly piqued my interest. I I could have cared less. Yeah. Um, the 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 big interest that I had in in the Holy Blood Holy Grail was um, the investigation they were doing and, and discovering that well, wow this entirely thing is um, founded on on. Um, assumption um the uh it didn't build it didn't the the case wasn't really necessarily built on solid foundation Mm -hmm. and uh so i kind of read it and said well this um not 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 particularly uh life-changing or anything like that so it didn't didn't think another thing of it but um the, I am an avid reader, and, and I did spend a lot of time in used bookstores, still do. Um, and one day I, I picked up a book called The Builders. Um, and The Builders was, the, was a book that was written by the Grand Lodge in Iowa in 1914 solely for the purpose of giving to their master masons once they're raised. Um, and I bought it. I put it on my shelf, and... Didn't get to it for years, um, because that's that's kind of the the way my reading works. I I buy faster than I read, so I, when I finish a book, I start looking at my shelves and I'm like, <laughs> okay, now what do I want to know now? Yeah, and I then, do that too. Yeah. So it was um, it was a while before I finally looked at that book and I said, yeah, well, it's time for that one. I got I got time for this. So I sat down and I read it. Now, what struck me about this book, um, a lot of it um, was stuff that I didn't quite understand because I wasn't a Mason, and it, and it really covers a lot of things that you're um, learning uh, through your first couple of years of Masonry. Um, but what struck me about it was how it talked about some concepts that I had learned from my own religious experience or my own religious um, connection where I, I finally got my relationship with God straightened mm-hmm. straight and, and understood at least what I believed, what he expected of me and, and um, my place, how that, that fit in there. 
what I, what it really kind of bothered me as I grew, um, grew in my religious um, training was how much, um, even within the, the, like Christianity, how much stone throwing there is at other people. Yeah. Because they're, they're saying, well, they're not, and I hate this term, um, they're not true Christians because they don't <laughs> do this, or they're yeah. not true Christians because they don't do that. Um, and what I see when I look at the, the Bible, I mean, I've read cover to cover the King James Version, the, the New World Translation, the NIV, the American, um, uh, what did, uh, I forget what the title of that one was, the, uh, I think New American, um, uh, Scientific Bible or something along those lines. There's, there's a number of Bibles that I've read and compared, and, and I've read um, St. Thomas Aquinas, uh, St. Augustine, and, and Pascal, and, and all these um, these theologians and, and things like that. And what I see when I see the Bible is that I am probably statistically wrong about at least a quarter of what I think they're <laughs> trying to say to me. And, and uh-huh. I mean, it, you have to you have to come to that conclusion when... You read that Bible, if not every day, at least once a week or, 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 or frequently enough, and you realize that um, you frequently find something in there that you were like, I didn't understand this before, mm-hmm. and now I understand it. Well, there was a time when you thought you understood everything in that right. Bible. So I, I, I've seen all these people throwing rocks at each other, but here was a book that was written in 1914 by a, a former, a past grandmaster in Iowa, and he's talking about the concept that if someone is um, Jewish, Hebraic, he worships Yahweh. And if someone is a Christian, they worship Jesus, yes, but they also worship Jehovah. Mm-hmm. Um, and if someone is Muslim, they worship Allah. They have three different names, but they are essentially, if you if you pin people down, they're the same God. They're right. all. Yeah. I mean, they admittedly will tell you, yeah, we're talking about the same God, the, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac. A yeah. Muslim will tell you that this is the God of Abraham, this is the God of Isaac, um, and they'll tell you this is the God of Ishmael. And and if you you get somebody that's objective who is a Christian, will tell you, yeah. Uh, He's the God of Ishmael, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, um, and um, the same way with, with uh, a Jewish person. So the question he's putting is, if they're worshiping the same God, why can't I not call them brother? Why do I have to um, throw rocks at this person? Because um, they have a difference of opinion on who's the prophet and mm-hmm. who's the Christ and... and all this, uh, it does. It isn't um, your your religious experience. Your relationship with God is a very personal thing. Um, what your relationship with God is in no way affects me. So um, I don't. I, I've never understood a, a need to throw rocks or, or, or criticize or whatever other people for their religious beliefs. Um, uh, because it doesn't affect me and my relationship with God. 
So uh, here's somebody in 1914 talking about this. (laughs) And he's also talking about concept of bigotry and, and racial bigotry. And I mean, that's pretty advanced concepts for 1914 for society in America um, for this person to be talking about this and he's and he's talking about these old world uh, concepts of knowledge talking about the seven lamps of architecture and he's going into the the seven liberal arts and sciences and um, that sounds like a good I might have to check that out yeah if I can find one there is a copy of it in the uh, temple library is there yeah yeah and um, if you could find a copy of it at a used bookstore, I would snatch it up because those are um, uh, they're very good books. Uh, and I honestly, I have not read it since I became a Mason. Mm. I read it before I became a Mason. And I read, when I read this, I'm like, this is what I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. This, is a, this is a group of people who um, understand that concept of um, being more tomorrow than what you are today always constantly um learning more and and getting your relationship with god and getting your relationship with with your fellow man in order and and learning what is it um what kind of man does god want me to be and how do i become that mm-hmm. um so once i read that um i remember uh, uh there were other Masonic books, I mean, I came across a, a copy of Duncan's Ritual Freemasonry in mm-hmm. a Barnes & Noble or something like that, uh, before I read Red Builders. And I looked at it, and I realized it was a book on an old um, discussion of, of parts of Masonry that I was like, what, what, what interest would I have in that? Uh, but something in my mind told me, pick it up. So I picked it up, and it stayed on my shelf. Um, but uh, uh, once I read the builders, I was like, "Well, you know, um, this this could be a new chapter." Um, I, I I've experienced that a lot in my life. Is sometimes it's thrust on you, sometimes you seek it, but um, it's part of growth. Is you're gonna get these certain new chapters that that whether it's thrust on you or whether I mean. One of the new chapters that was thrust on me was when my dad died. Mm-hmm. That was the last of my parents. And, and there's, a, there's a little something that goes on in your head where you're realizing, okay, well, that was... While I never really fell back on my parents um, for anything other than uh, maybe a, a, a phone card or something so I could make phone calls, <laughs> you know, I, I never really fell back on them for any major loans or, or, or moved back into the house. But it's still nice to have um, that safety net in life oh, of yeah. not just financial, but um, emotional or as a man, um, knowing that uh, if you need advice, there's one or two people out there that you can always go to. Yeah. So it, it became a new chapter. And I saw the potential for masonry to be a potential new chapter to take to to step into something and commit to something that may um advance me as a man forward um and that's a that's another very important part of it was especially in this day and age there's 
a dwindling um, amount of opportunity to advance yourself as a man um, as opposed to um, just human being in general we 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 kind of try to um, curb our paternalistic um, societal nature and, and and that that has to happen that we do we do have made that mistake over the years of um, trying to paint um, the female of the species as um, while they may be f- technically physically weaker uh, and I don't want to say they're all they're weak or anything like that uh, but physically uh, when you look at male athletes and female athletes of the same amount of training or whatever a man is generally going to be stronger in certain things but in reality they're not the weaker sex um, as um, as a human being they have different strengths from oh, us exactly. and we complement each other exactly. where, yeah. where we are um, weak on, on empathy um, we're strong on strength uh, and, and that's, that's just part of uh, being a man is, is in that concept of, of marrying those, those two um, uh, strengths and weaknesses uh, to cover each other um, you know that that's a beautiful thing but, mm-hmm. but you still as a man you still have to develop those strengths that you, you have and I mean you, when you read like John Bly's um, Iron um, uh, Iron John or is it uh, sorry I think it might be Robert Bly <laughs> I, and I have the book around the corner too so. you have so many books <laughs> People can't see this because I haven't done like a, a video setup yet. There's a there's a ton of books here. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, yeah, it kind of creeps up on you. Um, just for to give the quote, let me go around the corner and make sure I uh, qu- quote this yeah, author yeah, real quick. <laughs> sorry, um, sorry, I'm back. Yes, it was. I was correct. It was Robert Bly, Iron John. The whole concept of that book is actually the loss of the male. Um, training ground that was the grandfather. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the old days, a grandfather um, became the one that, that taught a, a, a son to hunt and, and do all the things that a, a man has to do because he uh, generally a grandfather has the time. Yeah. They're generally retired. Yeah. I mean, they've, whereas a father has to be out there working all the time. So uh, that uh, masonry, I, I could see that that was one of the few last realms where you could go and, and be among other men and, and talk about what what makes a good man. Yeah. Because I can't tell you what makes a good woman because I'm not a woman. I don't. Yeah. No, I mean, I they're, they're kind of, in, in my opinion, two different things. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. And what I, all I did, um, there was nothing in, in, um, the builders that told me how to become a mason or whatever. I, I as I recall, I Googled it. That basically something in Wikipedia or something like that said, well, yeah, you just have to reach out. Yeah. And so I, I, I was, and I was sh- kind of shocked because I, I looked up Honolulu Freemasonry. Yeah, on I, the did, web. I did. That's kind of how I got into it too, but we'll get into that later. But. Yeah. So it, bang, it pops up. Hey, well, this super secret society has web pages. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> what is like, this? Wait a second. Yeah. yeah. 
So, um, history channel <laughs> doing here. Yeah. So, uh, I, I called the number on there and, and mistakenly when I, when I asked the uh, secretary, uh, I'm talking to him, I'm saying, yeah, I was, that's a, a slip of the tongue. I, I, um, said, yeah, I, I was interested in joining the Masons Union. And, uh, <laughs> and he goes, well, what, what, what did you say? And I'm like, oh, no, I'm sorry, <laughs> a mistake, uh, Mason's Lodge. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, and, and as happens uh, pretty much every time, um, he just said, okay, well, uh, you, you just come down on this night of the week um, at this location, um, introduce yourselves and, uh, uh, at this time, and um, we'll get the ball rolling. So that, that's where it took off. So. And it's, uh, it can be, and that's kind of how I did. I joined in uh, 2010, and I joined because I, I had heard about Freemasonry a lot. I, mm-hmm. When I was in the military, up at Schofield, there's a mm-hmm. lodge with just a symbol on it, like no mm-hmm. windows. Yeah. Everyone was always like, oh, those, those Masons, they're in there planning things. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what? Whatever. <laughs> and uh, I was on uh, this team. It's called the SRT. It's a special reaction team. It's I like, was on one. Oh, really? Yep. Okay, yeah, perfect, because yep. military police, yeah? Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's a tight group, tighter group than mm-hmm. normal, and uh, mm-hmm. we had this one guy. He would always, everything that happened, mm-hmm. you know, oh, the, the Freemasons, man. Yeah, you know, the, yeah. the first sergeant you ever see his ring, he's a Mason. He always yeah. shows it when he's talking. Yeah. And I started noticing, like, oh, yeah, he has a, a Masonic ring. with mm-hmm. a, uh, It's a red jewel. Mm-hmm. I didn't know much about nothing. Yeah. And just throughout the whole time, for like a year, it was just, okay, yeah, yeah, the Masons. Oh, everything was the Masons. In a, in a more joking sense. Yeah. Because I didn't know nothing about it. Yeah. And then, uh, then at that time, kind of like... History Channel was actually teaching history and things, mm-hmm. and I would see these documentaries about Freemasonry and, and um, lodges and, mm-hmm. and history, and I said, mm-hmm. oh, that's, that's kind of fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a place that they even say, like, to make good men better. Yes. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. why wouldn't you want to join that kind of organization? And mm-hmm. if you're a conspiracy theorist and you're thinking that they're planning the New World Order and mm-hmm. taking over mankind and such well i mean why wouldn't you want to join that club like why do you <laughs> so I, I did the same thing i was yeah. home in pennsylvania at the time because my um it was right after well my dad had gotten cancer yeah so i had went home for a little bit and uh, i e- again i googled it mm-hmm. and there was a grand lodge of pennsylvania mm-hmm. i emailed them but then i was like well i'm going back to hawaii i said let me check hawaii so i did i googled mm-hmm. and um that's when i found hawaiian lodge and actually, Hawaiian Lodge got back to me, oh, wow, almost instantly. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if the Grand Lodge of Pennsylvania ever emailed me back. Hmm. Uh, but, um, so, yeah, and the same thing. They told me, um, they asked a few questions. Mm-hmm. Um, I answered those. He said, show up on, on this day at this time and just go introduce yourself. And now, that part was kind of like, that's intimidating, Mm-hmm. Uh, to just show up somewhere. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and just being told this group that you may lo- know little to nothing uh-huh. about, and you yeah. just have to show up. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's definitely intimidating. But yeah, it, it can be. It, it is. Uh, that's uh, especially with so much um, experience we we all have with people that are hustling you and and yep. things like that, yep. and and also you. Your 
you've got conflicting stories of of what these guys are about, and yeah. um, I mean there there is a a lot of um, there are books out there that that will tell you that it's own its own religion, yeah, and it's actually <laughs> anti uh, uh, Christian. Yeah, I don't want to get, I don't want to in any way get strapped into any of this. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, and and you're 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 going there, and you're trying to you're trying to get a quick assessment on these guys because you're like, okay, well, I don't want to go down any road that I can't get out of. Yep. And um, that was that was one of the things that immediately struck me was um, these were really good good people yeah decent people and and it did spark my my mind thinking back to people that i knew were masons uh, like george washington benjamin franklin uh uh harry truman and i'm like well these are not guys that would in any way get involved with an anti-christian yeah uh organization they would not get into involved in anything that's um uh looks to overthrow the government of the United States because like George Washington and the founding fathers, <laughs> yeah, they, these guys were in a position that they could have. Yeah. I mean, they were going to offer, um, uh, king. Yeah. Uh, they were going to offer George Washington to, to be, to name him a king. Yeah. And he, <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. Cause he <laughs> like, probably was worshipful master of a lodge one time and said, I don't want to be a king. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, it, 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 it really speaks to his, his personality he's not someone who is power hungry yeah. so if if he was um deeply involved in this and so was ba- benjamin franklin who was his his policy was i do not ever run for office but i don't turn down nominations because they're asking you to do your duty as a as a citizen he he yeah. saw office as a, as a duty as a citizen so he wouldn't. He never. Th- these people people weren't looking to overthrow the government because they they had yeah. the government handed to them it. on a on a silver yeah. platter, and they said, "No, I don't want that." Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it um, and that kinda, it, it, that just shows the the character. See, a lot of people look past it because of all the all this nonsense that they hear about mm-hmm. that people tell them. People who are non Masons that just don't mm-hmm. know anything about it, but right. think they know because some guy told them something, mm-hmm. you know. But yeah, yeah, when you you're exactly right. When you look back at these guys, they they had the ability to create their own kingdom. It yeah. could have been that we could have still been ruled under the Washington family or, or yeah. something yeah. by now. But um, and that just kind of goes to show um, just one of those things about Masonry. Like the, the Masonic lodges always tend to be progressive. You know the the thoughts that were going on in mm-hmm. secret when they had to be a secret society mm-hmm. of of the arts and the sciences that you couldn't talk about mm-hmm. um, above ground because of the church and things mm-hmm. like this. The uh, many of the things that we have today are a direct result due to them, you know, meeting in secret and mm-hmm. continuing discussions and and such. Well, what it what it um, historically what it became it became a meeting place of men of um number one they they had that religious background of, of they 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 were subservient to uh, one god mm-hmm. um and they had masonry when you're talking about the, that time frame where um europe and and south america were were throwing off 
um, monarchies, um, especially in South America, um, when um, Europe was throwing off its monarchies, France, or well, I mean, before France, really, um, the lodges in South America um, were having were giving um, asylum to anybody fleeing a despotic European um, country for political reasons. Oh, nice. And um, when the places like Uruguay and um, uh, Chile and, and, and Bolivia and all that, when um, they were fighting against uh, Spanish rule um, and, and trying to establish their independence um you're talking about this was led by bolivar and um uh giuseppe garibaldi uh was was one uh, one of the generals of one of the armies um when you look at the um leaders of all the revolutions all along south america every one of them was a mason as a matter of fact giuseppe garibaldi's um who he is an, people are I'm sure somebody in the in the background is like well wait a minute that's Giuseppe Garibaldi he's he was uh, instrumental in in uh, creating the independence of Italy from the Vatican State well yeah that's true but that happened after he 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 initially um, let, was part of that charge when they first got started trying to do that but he got convicted and sentenced to death and he managed to escape. He escaped oh, wow. to South America, and it was South America where he learned his guerrilla fighting skills. He put together his first red shirt army, <laughs> and those red shirts were all made up of people that he met in the Masonic Lodge, which uh, granted him asylum. He became raised uh, because he, he went to these lodges for that asylum, and he started associating with other people um, that were successful at what they do and, and, um, were anti-tyrannical. Mm -hmm. They wanted to throw off any tyranny in anywhere in the world. So he then helped, uh, he was instrumental in, um, the independence of Uruguay. And then after that was done, um, I won't go into all the details about, uh, the new Pope coming in and, and his hopes on that new Pope, but he, did eventually go back to Italy and got caught up in um, further issues uh, with the Vatican and um, <laughs> w uh, became instrumental in the, the um, creation of the Kingdom of Italy, which was only lasted for a very short period of time before it became a, um, a full democratic republic. But it's uh, so fascinating. It's so fascinating it, to see what these guys back in the day oh, were yeah. accomplishing. Yeah, I mean, because I'm like 35, and I'm like, <laughs> I should have started two kingdoms by now. I feel <laughs> like, yeah, it's um, uh, fortune favors the bold and the strong. Yeah, and they, these these guys, uh, they they were very um, well. They were also facing um, a tyrannical government like what we have never That's understood true. or That's under true. we do get we kind of get um all wrapped around the axle about some petty things mm -hmm. these days um 
but we didn't we didn't have to face the issues that these guys faced um, hundreds of years ago because yeah. they laid the groundwork, and to to some degree we get a little spoiled, but we you know we, we are privileged due to their to their sacrifices their their, exactly. their boldness yeah yeah I mean so. even in the U S I mean we have our own issues too mm-hmm. I consider them all like growing pains but mm-hmm. won't get too much into that but um, nothing compared to what these these guys in the past. I mean, it, it just fascinates me. Like, yeah. even with Washington, like, just mm-hmm. the fact that there was this whole continent that was mm-hmm. inhabited, mm-hmm. Um, but these guys just came over and they decided, you know what, uh, we're, we're kind of tired of, of them over here doing their own thing, as in England, you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. Just, I do it's weird, planning and plotting and, and, and using a revolution, and, and that's just, it's mind-blowing to me. Well, yeah, it, um to, to organize. Yeah. Um, and, and we, I mean, going through history, yeah, yeah it wasn't necessarily perfect. They did um, blow some things out of proportion. But in the end, uh, you have to accept that a country clear across the ocean doesn't necessarily have, um, if they're not representing their people or their, their people or um, their and I've, I've seen this in a smaller microcosm um, organizationally. Um, when you get somebody from a, a distance that is controlling your resources, they will tend to divert the, the funds or the resources to their benefit and not to yours. Yeah. Yeah. And um, when that gets to a point where um, you're basically almost becoming slaves because you're processing the resources, you're putting it on ships and you're sending it to them and they're charging you money yeah. for, for the privilege of doing so, well, then you start to, to, to back, have to back up, you know. And, uh, I mean, just to, to if you ever want a refresher, all you got to do is pull up the, the Declaration of Independence because within the first um, first sections of that, they're laying their grievance out yeah. as far as why, hey, the, we, this has come to a head and this is where and we're at. And that's kind of a lie too, like... And we don't have to get too much into it, but um, things like free speech, mm-hmm. this, the the right to bear arms, you know, mm-hmm. uh, protections against illegal searches and seizures, like mm-hmm. they, they're there for a reason. And again, like like you said, like we're we're privileged because we haven't been in a situation where um, we really needed all mm-hmm. of those combined. What I have what I have noticed. Um not to digress too far off the subject, but mm-hmm. what I have noticed um, is that when you look at states or areas, even in our own country, um, the ones that have um, a, a greater respect for uh, firearms ownership or whatever um, are actually the, the societies that more recently had to throw off an oppressor. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know a lot of historians, when it comes to, to Texas fighting for its uh, independence or whatever, um, will lay down a lot of, um, I'm not going to say it's revisionist history, because a lot of it is true. It's, it's just, uh, you got to be in this situation at the time to really understand how yeah. these things um, uh, coalesce, and, and history is not perfect, uh, but you got to accept it for what it was, but... Um, Texas being the most 
possibly the the most recent state in the um, union that actually had to throw off a, an oppressor. Um, they, they have that tendency to um, value the ability to to do it again, yeah, <laughs> less yeah. that a lot more than say New England or whatever who hasn't had to deal with that since 1776, and, and it's just becomes part of society yeah. uh, in that area. And that's what something I love about this this country is. It's 50 small countries. Yeah, you know? that's, yeah. that's one thing that people, um, they don't really, it took me a while to comprehend that too. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, like each state is its own basically country. Like yeah. the, the language, the slang, mm -hmm. the, 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 I guess the arts, the values. Food, and, values. And, and, and that's the beautiful thing here. Um, if you are in a state that... Um, you really don't agree at all with with the culture or anything. You can pick up and move to another state in this country without any limitations, and be amongst people mm -hmm. that have your same opinions, and you can live that lifestyle. Yeah. Um, and that's to me that's that's a great thing. But yeah, getting getting back to where we where we uh, digress. But yeah, the 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 concept of of these lodges being um places where you know uh, free thought yeah free thought you you were saying it yeah i mean that's what what got us there was it, people are um within masonry generally tend to be people that um are more uh accepting of the need for debate the need yeah. to um scientifically um talk about things and that's that I, and i actually mentioned that in my um my exit speech when i turned over mastership to the next master i said uh you know in my opinion the united states and i'm saying this in in december 2017 the united states oh, the world and for that fact needs masonry more than ever i agree because our love of um, the arts of logic, rhetoric, um, uh, and grammar, uh, being able to, to, to talk about things from a scientific standpoint rather than emotional, yeah. and our ability to see the whole human species as one family is what is necessary. And I, and I said, well, to... to to illustrate this, I said, I, I'm, I'm not going to reach to a, a Mason. I'm actually going to reach to an anti-Mason, uh, Charles Dickens. Hmm. Charles Dickens was actually an anti-Mason, but that was because of what Masonry visibly was in his time. He was rabidly very much fighting ch childhood poverty and chi um, living conditions and things like that. And he, he didn't see... He didn't because the lodge wasn't necessarily doing the, the charitable work. He didn't understand that a lodge is not set up to do the charitable work. It's set up to train men um, and and create men that do the charitable work on their own. Yeah, correct. So yeah, but one of the things when he wrote a Christmas Carol, uh, the very last scene where he's talking to the spirit of Christmas present. He's about to go, and he's about to face the final ghost. But he, he says, uh, forgive me, spirit, but I see something under your robes that's not quite yours. Is it a foot, or is it a claw? 
and the spirit okay. says, it could be a claw for all the meat that's on it. And he opens up his robe, and there's a, a, a boy and a girl, and they're emaciated. They're, they're starving. They're ravenous. And he says, are these your children, spirit? And he says, they are man's children. The boy wow. uh, is ignorance. The girl is want. Beware them both, but most of all, beware the boy. For I see written on his forehead that which is doom. Admit that he exists, but do nothing about it. Slander those who will tell others about him, and doom will engulf you all. Now, I don't know what that means, but it sounds pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> no, no it, but it, 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 is, it is a description of the day that we live in. We have a portal to the information superhighway in our pocket, but yet we still ignorance still oh, yeah. runs rampant and for for masonry to be able to reach out there and and redesign the way people talk to each other because right now we're, we're a lot when you get into political debate you're really just getting into um hauling out talking points yeah it's just whatever the facebook feed feeds you yeah and and i've actually watched that happen among friends that they were discussing, I think it was the ACA or something like that, and one of them was saying something from a, a more progressive, liberal uh, point of view, and the other person who was saying it from, talking from a more conservative point of view, was assuming that because he said one part of yep. that talking point, yep. he assumed all the other little factors, yep. and he responded with, okay, well, you can't do that because I'm, and, but he, the, guy, the other guy never said to do that. <laughs> He was discussing something else, uh, and the same thing happened later on in the conversation, going the opposite direction. So, I mean, I just uh, had a, I just did a podcast with um, Alfonso Braggs. He's the president of the NAACP Hawaii, mm -hmm. um, and we kind of we got into that conversation too. The the lack of of debate, um, and and then the impact of like social media mm -hmm. on on people. Mm -hmm. people's inability to debate i mean mm -hmm. it's even like if you you could post anything mm -hmm. and someone would just look at it not think that there's multiple layers to what you're mm -hmm. saying yep and then they'll respond just with boom attack and yep. it's like it's even when you when you watch the news um i like what alfonso bragg said um some of my more left-wing and progressive friends they don't agree with the the idea that you should watch fox news mm -hmm. you should watch conservative news you should read you should read the Daily Wire. You should watch CNN. Mm -hmm. You should read progressive news. Like yeah, you should, I mean, I'm, I'm fairly conservative, and one of my favorite things to do when I work on Island is to listen to NPR. Yeah. NPR is actually pretty good. I mean, it, it does have a, a more progressive liberal stance, but it covers, like, all things considered. I just, I, I just don't understand personally, like, why, why people can't tell when it's a commentator and when it's a reporter. Right. Yeah. Um, a commentator is someone like like Don Lemon or mm -hmm. these these mm -hmm. the personalities. They're giving you an opinion based mm -hmm. on a, a, a topic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Somewhere within their opinion is the truth, but mm -hmm. also on Fox News, um, who's who's it? Sean Hannity mm -hmm. or Tucker Carlson, mm -hmm. Talking Heads. But somewhere yeah. within their opinion is the truth. Mm -hmm. You just got to be willing to kind of dig right and yeah. do a little bit of analysis. Yeah. Uh, that's that's all I want. But well. I think what um, what the world really needs and what I think masonry would be in a decent position to, to 
to provide it if if and it's not necessarily that masonry or the grand lodge would say tell people hey uh, you need to do this or whatever it's just like in south america in 17 1800s um it's the members that get together and say hey there's a there's a need here yeah not as masons but as men let's let's go do something you know mm-hmm. let's not let's not just sit here and watch history or watch the house burn down around our ears right. or whatever but what what we could really use is a different way of arguing or a different way of talking to each other and the way that i've always tried to promote within my own lodge in my year when i was master was applying scientific method Mm -hmm. um to or scientific process at least um which was to you you got you narrow it down to a digestible problem and number one you don't do you don't talk masonry does not discuss politics and i i laid it out you can talk good government but just not politics. And the way that you can recognize the two is when you bring a party or an individual into the the mix, that becomes politics. For instance, the Affordable Care Act, it's a perfectly fine topic of conversation. Mm -hmm. Obamacare is not. Because you may say that they're the same thing, but once you put a person's name on it, it becomes argumentum ad hominem. Argument against the man. So... First and foremost, whatever topic you discuss, it doesn't matter whether John Boehner put that health care out there or Obama or who put it out there. It's the, the bill itself that is good or bad on its merits, and that's what you've got to keep in mind. Number one, you narrow it down to something that's digestible within the time frame that you have to discuss this, and then you try to establish what are the things that we agree on. What are mm-hmm. the facts of this particular thing? And 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 most like or most likely one of the things that you're going to have to agree on is what is the nature of the problem? If we're discussing a problem like poverty or uh, poverty in in um, among children or poverty in this particular district or whatever, is um, what are the what are the symptoms of this problem that let us know that this is, in fact, a problem? I mean, obviously, poverty is... It's complex. Yeah, but. it's complex, but it's, it's also it's an obvious thing that it's a problem. But there are things about it that will lead you to uh, your discussion on how to fix it. Yeah. So you, you have to make these agreements on, number one, what do we already agree on? We, we, so we're not sitting here assuming the other person is discussing it from this this one side um like one a, dimensional con- yeah, uh, like just because obama introduced it yeah they support it, it oh, yeah to- or, or or that on a particular subject they um say someone is anti uh second amendment or anti uh firearms or they they may not necessarily be anti second amendment but they are for say restrictions i mean i'm going to tell you right now i'm a very conservative person i i um very much believe the second amendment is is a constitutional right but all good government is a balancing act and i don't know of any rational human being that's going to tell you that a person with schizophrenia has a right to a firearm yeah um 
I don't think anybody really is going to fight really hard to say that a convicted murderer that got uh, paroled on a technicality or served his term has a right to a firearm. Um, There is, and I don't think anybody's going to argue that because of the First Amendment, uh, a person has a right to constantly call somebody and tell them, hey, I'm going to kill you next week Friday. Right, yeah. Or, I mean, there's, and we there have is those a balancing protections, act. Yeah. yeah, there is a balancing act to everything. So what you're doing when you're establishing these facts and, and establishing what you agree on, you now both kind of starting this discussion with a greater understanding of where you stand. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not you're not assuming each other is buying the entire candy store of, of political uh, viewpoint that that generally comes with with their one part of their 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 side of the argument. Uh, so you can certainly move forward. And then what you do is you sit there and uh, you have that discussion about okay, well, what's the symptoms and what what's um, then you, you throw out there, well, this is what I think uh, fitting within those facts or whatever, um, what I think the solution is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can sit there and have that debate of, of within the scientific process. The next step is, of course, trying to figure out what tests could we apply to this hypothesis to prove it wrong. And then once you've gone through it and you've you run out of tests and, and you're, you can say, Okay, the chances are this is right. This is the way to do the, mm-hmm. the way to go. So, I, I just I think um, that would be a very worthwhile thing that if it ever came out of our association of, of sitting there talking because we're we're very free with the way we talk uh, amongst other Masons. You know, mm-hmm. we we're, we're, we feel free to um, discuss a lot of things that we would. Um, not really want to open that can of worms with another, another yeah. person. So, but see, and that's a good thing. Like when I first started um, out in Freemasonry, you know, I grew up in a, you know, we were poor, that whole mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. But I, I've always had like a negative mindset as a kid. And then mm-hmm. even as an adult, and even in my military career, I was very, I always had a negative mindset. You know, mm-hmm. I figured if it was going to go wrong for me, it, it was going to go wrong. It was going <laughs> to be terrible. Uh, and I just yeah. kind of accept that fate. But mm-hmm. when I got into Freemasonry and I started meeting other men with with minds like yours and Mm -hmm. and other men who are philosophical in their Mm -hmm. thought and Mm -hmm. and just i would just hear them talk Mm -hmm. it kind of unlocked that part of my brain where Mm -hmm. i was like no that makes yeah that makes sense like um the ability to sit back and kind of analyze things Mm -hmm. deeper than just maybe what most people do today on social media they read the Mm -hmm. title Uh that's it their whole opinion is based on this you know one title they're not they don't analyze it deeper and i i always accredit freemasonry to kind of um bettering my life because what it did is it allowed me to look into myself mm-hmm. and f- you know figure out what i really wanted mm-hmm. and what i what was i doing wrong mm-hmm. or at least what did i feel i was doing wrong mm-hmm. and and how to make it better yeah and mm-hmm. i always attribute uh masonry itself for for introducing me to um, those moral teachings and mm-hmm. to the to the people themselves, which mm-hmm. is kind of what you said earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about you know the the people that mm-hmm. you meet in Freemasonry. Yeah, um, that really makes the journey worthwhile because again, uh, my mind frame it switched, and when I started seeing the difference mm-hmm. 
you know, a more positive difference and, and I was happier. Mm-hmm. I said, okay, you know, there's, there's really something to this at a mm-hmm. more in-depth level. Uh-huh. And then that's kind of where you start getting into the, the higher degrees of, of Freemasonry. But what I have found in, in all my years is that growth as a, as a person is essentially a, a series of epiphanies. Mm-hmm. You may go and um, read a number of books or you may have a number of experiences that um, makes you think about something and you, you start pulling connections. You, you start pulling these, these facts that you know in your brain about um, your past experience with other people or, or things that you've seen happen or, or something that somebody's telling you in a book and you put them together and you coalesce it into a realization that I've been thinking this thing all my life and in fact it's this way mm-hmm. and um, what I see masonry as is it's a catalyst to more epiphany most of my epiphanies have, have come from reading books or, or, or things like that and, and discovering things about myself and it took years and years and, and sometimes it's right in front of your face and you just don't see it mm-hmm. until something sparks that, that interest. And that's what kind of, there's been an escalation or a um, quickening, if you will, of being able to, to make realizations because I'm seeing, I'm getting input from people that have been on the road before me, people that are successful at what they do or are successful at curbing their own pride curbing their own like their ego fallacies yeah their ego yeah. their fallacy their human fallacies they're they're able to they're they're uh much more further down the road at being able to clean up their act if you want yeah. to put it in a, a layman's terms <laughs> you know well, see, and that's kind of why like you they always say like um oh you know the masons it's just a bunch of like like maybe like rich people or mm-hmm. whatever they're just doing business deals with each other and all this mm-hmm. but uh that's not really true it's it's an organization that attracts people who have a certain mindset mm-hmm. and those people, not everyone, mm-hmm. but some of them just happen to have a mindset that drove them to success. Yeah. And I I enjoy sitting and listening to them because mm-hmm. what you find out is, which is again, why I love organizations like Freemasonry. You will not always sit down with someone who was just handed everything on a silver spoon. Yeah. Most all these guys have struggled, you know, and, and they've just overcome adversity after adversity and they got to where they are. Yeah. Not, I mean, not because they were a Freemason, but just their mindset. Well, what I, I, um, I do think I can attribute to that is that, yeah, we will get every once in a while somebody that comes in there with unstated mercenary motives. Yeah. They think this is going to make them rich. <laughs> yeah. Um, what do they call that? The, the, the homie hookup or, or something? Like that? <laughs> I yeah. No, I don't know. Nah, you're but, not, not going to get that, bro. Sorry. But they, they, they can get through the door. They can get through the initiation process and all that. But after they realize that this is not something that they're going to necessarily get appointments into the government or anything like that, yeah. and they're not going to get money handed to them, that they're just among a lot of people that are self-starters. I mean, that's really, yeah. I mean, if I was to... That's a, that's a great way to put it, yeah. Yeah, it, it's, um, if I was, if, yeah, if I was to, to, to boil it down to two words, I, uh, as far as the connecting 
principle of the men that you meet at masonry that they're they're almost all of them i mean i want to say 99.8 percent are probably all of them self-starters and and they masonry is what they were looking for they were looking to be a better man yeah and for you to even get to that stage that requires self-starter because you you, nobody's going to look to be a better man because somebody's pushing them. Yeah. They're going to look to be a better man because um, they're looking at their life and they're not satisfied with who they are uh, or they um, kind of, kind of happy that they're, they're making some forward progress, but they're not satisfied yet. Um, it's, it's something that Thomas Sowell had said, um, and I'm going to have to paraphrase because I don't know exactly the wording, but he said, uh, it takes a great deal of knowledge to understand how ignorant you are. Yeah, no, and that's, that's, that's <laughs> perfect. And, yeah. and that's, that's kind of, that's kind of like one of the things I learned to like about suppressing the ego, being uh-huh. humble. Yeah. You know, there's no need to be jealous or envious of what other people have. Mm-hmm. Why not sit down and, and ask them, how did you get that? Like, yeah. Share, share your story. Cause you might find out that you guys, had the same type of upbringing mm-hmm. and things like this, but maybe an opportunity entered their life. Yep. And then that maybe you'll look back and you'll be like, you know what? I have met these people or I have possibly turned down opportunities to kind of pursue the path that I want. But again, like mm-hmm. you were saying before, you didn't have the epiphany. You didn't really know at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, that's kind of what I love. Um, and it's also just the, the thirst for knowledge. Yeah. I haven't met any Mason um, from around the world, whether I was there or they were here visiting or I met mm-hmm. them somewhere along the way, uh, who just was not seeking something more. Right. And that's where the, like, the philosophy and the teachings and, and, uh, and meeting the people comes mm-hmm. in for me. Yeah. Yeah. And, and um, as a Mason, it, it's kind of important that you be able to recognize that um, that thirst for knowledge it necessar- doesn't necessarily come from books. Uh, there are Masons that um, they're they're very loath to um, read anything of any serious philosophical bent. Um, but that doesn't mean they they don't have a thirst for knowledge. They mm-hmm. get their they're more. It's it's kind of like we do learn differently. Um, some people are audio. They um, they can listen to a lecture and they can pick up the concept. Yeah. But some people are visual. Uh, they have to have something tangible in front of them. And some people cannot grasp something on an aesthetic level. Um, you can explain it to them, but it's not until they put their hands on it that they're, it's going to sink in. So um, there are some people that they're not interested in, in a philosophical uh, knowledge. They're interested in hands-on. Um, and you can find them... A lot in in Shriners, they they mm-hmm. yeah. they are they want to be hands on in Doing being of work. service to yeah. to their fellow man and, and whatnot, and they're they're learning by getting out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, that's not to say that um, our our Shriners do not pick up a book. I mean, there's 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 a lot of people with a philosophical bent, but what you got to do is recognize that just because they're not picking up a book doesn't mean that they're not out thirsting for knowledge there yeah they're getting it from a different avenue and but, Shrin- shriners yeah. is more of the, the charity focused 
side as compared yeah. to a regular what we call blue lodge yeah, that, yeah that's right it, i mean it's it's what they call an appendant body um uh and i think that's that's something important to masonry's health is is being rounded yeah. being able to have something for every one of those people's interests in going out and doing charity work or 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 the the philosophical research and and just fellowship in in, in general to to be among um like-minded men to, to 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 discuss things to be able to um turn each other's minds one way or another mm-hmm. uh towards um something closer to the truth you know yeah or even you know some some guys when they're having you know hard times or whatever it's yeah. nice they can go out do some charity work and, and and you know share their story or their or their plight with their fellow brothers who they know aren't going to turn their back or slander them or, yeah. or go posting yeah. everything on facebook about right their troubles and uh, it's a it's a fraternity but it's su- it's such it's such a it's such deeper than that mm-hmm. so i always um, I always try to explain to people, kind of like I was saying earlier, like mm-hmm. uh, if you are the type of person who's kind of wondering, um, like, kind of what else is out there, mm-hmm. what, what's going on, um, if you like to sit and think a little bit more in depth, mm-hmm. um, if you enjoy philosophy, it's definitely an organization to check out. But also, if you're just looking to try to try to better yourself and, and figure out these things, yeah, I mean, as a, as like a starting point, kind of where I was, it's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it's really something that um, historically uh, masonry was um, there for is for someone who is seeking. Mm-hmm. They're they're not someone who's just like, well, uh, I got I got an extra Tuesday. Uh, yeah, I uh, could go free. <laughs> uh, uh, I've been looking for a place to go drinking or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, no, that's not quite what happened. Was like going on here. And that's that's I like what you were saying earlier about there are people with nefarious um, intentions that will try to join lodges, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, they don't but, last because yeah. they're gonna realize like again, mm-hmm. if you're here from some journal trying to get the scoop yeah. on some sort of a satanic ritual that goes on, <laughs> like it's it's you're gonna be heartbroken. You're gonna yeah. you're, you're well, wasting I mean, your money. And it, and it it doesn't even have to go so far as nefarious. It it can be just misguided mm-hmm. i mean just and that's honestly the fr- whenever i'm um talking to somebody that i'm supposed to be getting an idea of them mm-hmm. before we vote on them the first question i ask is what do you think masonry is because that will that will their answer will tell me whether they put any thought into it or what yeah. exactly they're they're walking into it they're telling me well I don't know. My friend Bob said, uh, <laughs> yes, well, yeah. you probably not don't want to make this kind of commitment. Yeah. <laughs> so. and for me, I don't, um, I don't like when people tell me like, oh, I was asked to be, I was asked if, to, to come and join and whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't because I don't ask people mm-hmm. because I don't think someone should be asked. I think it's something that if it comes up in a conversation, you talk mm-hmm. about it, I will invite them. Yeah. But I will never ask them if they want to be a member. That's always well, weird to me. Well, as as a um, as a general rule, most people that know me don't know I'm a Mason. Mm-hmm. My own daughters did not know I was a Mason until I, the night I was uh, installed as master. <laughs> so what did they, what did they think? I invited them. Where's he I, going? Every yeah, I, I mean, uh, I told them. 
Um, <laughs> hey, uh, I'm getting installed as the head of this nonprofit uh, that I've been involved in. Uh, uh, I want to invite you down here. And uh, they were at the installation. Uh, I bet they, they were like, what? <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> uh, so, I mean, yeah. Wait, I, gotta, I gotta know how you kept that secret for, oh my God. Well, I mean, years. I mean, it's just, it just doesn't come secret, up. Secret, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. it just doesn't come up. I mean, um, uh, it's for, I mean, well, I mean, I did, uh, <laughs> I, I have, uh, th- this is just kind of joke, uh, so don't, don't take this as a, 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 an indication of my thought process or whatever, <laughs> but uh, I have had times when, uh, for instance, um, uh, people knew that I was going to a funeral. I was in a, in a suit, and they're like, well, is this somebody you're related to? And I have to tell them, well, yeah, I, I belong to a... I, I'm running a, a, a branch of a, a nonprofit, and one of the duties that we provide is if one of our members dies, we'll do the eulogy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, the, it's the job of the head of that particular branch, and I'm the head of that particular branch. And they go, oh, what nonprofit is this? And I go... Oh, I'm a member of the He-Man Women Haters Club. <laughs> <laughs> and, and yeah, like, I like that. <laughs> they're like, oh, well, don't tell me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But no, it's, it's um, so when somebody comes to me and, and um, what happens, the, the closest thing I come to inviting or, or suggesting it to somebody is when I'm in a conversation with them and I hear from the conversation that they're questioning um the direction of their life they're questioning you know there's something got to be something more yeah. to this yeah. than just going to work and and working for 30 years and then coming out the other end and going well what the heck did i do uh i mean did i did i change anything mm-hmm. um did in all my work did it amount to a a hill of beans as far <laughs> as um People around me, that's, I mean, that's the, the big part of the catchphrase. The people around me, the, the world, society in general, did I do anything that made an impact to make, is the world a better place because I'm in it? Or um, would, would it ever, ever made a difference? When that kind of thought process starts coming into the conversation and I'm hearing this, that's when I start asking them questions that will kind of bring out, are they really looking for um, what Masonry is offering? Mm-hmm. And then I'll reveal, hey, um, there is an organization. You can, you can read um, Benjamin Franklin's autobiography. He, he, um, he alludes to it when he talks about the free, I think it's the free thinkers society. It's like <laughs> men that can sit there and, and talk to each other about, and they're, they're, um, they all have this common bond of, of they, they're basically God-fearing men or, or whatever. Um, I said, yeah, uh, and that's, that's something I've been involved in. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe you might benefit from it uh, if you do. Um, let me know. I'll make I'll make an introduction. You can, you yeah. can feel it out. No, that's a good way to do it too. Yeah, I, I, I think so. I mean, it's um, 
and it's very rare that I've made that offer to anybody. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's there. There is a reason, a very ingrained within masonry's. I don't want to call it psyche, but it's makeup that prohibits us from recruiting mm-hmm. because you have to be at a certain stage in your life before you can really benefit from what it's teaching. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Which is kind of like, kind of like for me yeah. at that point yeah. in time, I decided, mm-hmm. you know, to pursue it. Uh-huh. Um, and yeah, you'll see people of all ages mm-hmm. kind of joining, um, yeah. guys who are like, I've been interested for a long time, but was just mm-hmm. so busy. Didn't have the time. Yeah. You know, the family and whatever they're, mm-hmm. they're, they're 66 years old now and they want to be a member. Yeah. The, uh, like you were saying, you know, the epiphany can come to you at any time, mm-hmm. any moment. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and those are the one, those are the people that, that you want to be around because mm-hmm. they're the ones who self-starters, self-starters. Yeah. Yeah. And they're, they're self-starters in their own improvement as well as, uh, in everything else. And that's why you'll notice that people that whatever they, they're sent out to do, um, they're successful at what they do because, um, as, uh, well, first and foremost, I mean, you got to give credit to God. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you're you're successful because God grants you the the um, ability. Uh, but from a a, a earthly uh, corporeal standpoint, if you're you're trying to trying to isolate the the key ingredient of all these men. It's their self-starters. That's mm-hmm. how the, the mechanism got started. It's they, uh, at, at work, at home, at, as a man, they, they are continually seeking more, to be more. Not mm-hmm. necessarily to have more, to be more. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's interesting because I, I, love, I love people who want to change the world. Mm-hmm. But I always ask them, you know, you want to change everything around you. Mm-hmm. But have you looked inside yourself right. and mm-hmm. changed what you need internally mm-hmm. to in, then, in turn, change the environment around you? Because mm-hmm. you, you're not going to change the environment around you if you mm-hmm. don't change yourself first. Because mm-hmm. that's something that I had to learn, again, through my journey of meeting people through Freemasonry mm-hmm. and all this. Um, because it's just, in my opinion, if you're a negative person, mm-hmm. you, you're not a self-starter you don't think you can do things until you get rid of that mindset. You can't do anything outside. You can't. It's just not going to. You might yeah. start it, but you're, mm-hmm. you're not going to follow through. Uh, also, um, you know, one of the things that hinder us is our human frailties, our, our um, faults. So not to say that you've got to rid yourself of all your faults before you can... Mm really see the world around you for what it is but um it helps if you can see yourself for who you really are yeah before you can begin to see what the what the world really is and i'll give you one example is is one of the epiphanies that i've had is is um in life is my ability to to no longer see things as stemming from malice but stemming from just that's the way things are mm-hmm. um uh such as i mean there was a time when 
someone would cut me off on the freeway or whatever, and I it would <laughs> it would ruin my whole day because yeah. I would be pissed off about uh. it for for hours and and <laughs> stretching into the evening and just. But then when I started looking at my own mistakes and and that that's. That was something that I used to be proud of as a, when I was a young kid and, and in my 20s. Um, I prided myself on being able to recognize people's personalities, their flaws, their what drove them. And, and it, as someone trying to be a psychologist or, or whatever, that's, that's not a, a, a bad ability to be able to assess somebody. Mm-hmm. But where my greatest, what I, I would still count as, one of my greatest, the greatest blessing I, I had was when I started being able to see my own faults, when mm-hmm. I started to be able to see where I was doing things that if I were in the same situation, I'd be like, what the heck is wrong with you? <laughs> um, and so after that, after I got a grip on that, when somebody would, um, invariably, when somebody would do something on the freeway that irritated me they're like why the heck did he do that Mm -hmm. like invariably like 10 15 maybe 20 minutes later by pure accident i will do the same thing to somebody else (laughs) yeah and (laughs) and i realized over time hey when you assume just mistake rather than malice Uh you're going to be right more often than you and once you do that you can look at people and and not be so angry about how the world necessarily is you just life is not going to be perfect um it's intention it's it's the people that do things out of uh greed malice um and just um these are the people that you you got to worry about but not the average person who just simply does something that he doesn't really understand and you and if you can if you can make that room for other people's mistakes you know life gets to be a lot more able to be lived yeah and i <laughs> enjoyed yeah. I, I i've had similar epiphanies to that yeah. where yeah again you start realizing like that people are human they yeah. make mistakes. Yeah. I don't know what's going on in their life yeah. or that day. I don't know what happened. Mm-hmm. Maybe their mind is somewhere else. Yeah. Doesn't make sense for me to to waste my energy putting all this negativity out there, um, because clearly they probably have a lot of negativity going on mm-hmm. at that moment in time. So no one else needs that. Yeah. I don't need that. Yeah. I got other things to do. I'm trying to live, you know, as stress free as you know I possibly can. Yeah. But I like that you brought up the, the malice and the greed. One of the things that I always tell people um, when it comes to things like, like policy, mm-hmm. and not like politics in a sense of the political parties, but, uh, you know, everyone wants to fight for, for this thing and that thing and this thing, and they fight back and forth. Um, but one thing I always look at is I, take into, I try to take into account those, those root things mm-hmm. that really drove the policy development and mm-hmm. how it's going to go through, mm-hmm. you know, committees, yep. ego, greed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still believe that humans have a tribal, a tribalistic mindset. Mm-hmm. Your tribe is your family. Yeah. You as a person might want to feed the poor, mm-hmm. but if you can create legislation or do things 
to give your family or friends a benefit over <laughs> those poor people. That's that. See, that's the harder thing. So when I'm trying to come up with a like testimony or, or in support or opposing some sort mm-hmm. of legislation, mm-hmm. I try to throw that factor in. I try to think of who the introducer of that piece of legislation is. Mm-hmm. Who who are like their donors? Who are their family? Who 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 is this going to impact? you know, in a more direct sense. Mm-hmm. So then I can develop my argument because yeah, it's, it's going to address maybe let's just say homelessness, mm-hmm. but okay. Where really is this money going to who's in like, I don't know. That's just my thought what, process. What I, I mean to take it, uh, not too far down the rabbit hole, but, yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. uh, what I see, um, on problems in the world or whatever, I, 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 believe i would hypothesize that the majority of problems that we face societally as a society Mm -hmm. is the result of legislation with unintended consequences yeah the i recall there was one piece of a, a bill that in my office we we wanted to address something and i asked permission to to write the bill because i wanted the experience and when i wrote it it was it was very hard because the main thing that I, I had to look at was when I write this and I give this judge power to do this thing, what are all the possible ways that they can game this yeah. um, and do something egregious to somebody simply because it's the easiest thing for them yeah. to do? yeah. So I'm sitting here trying to write this thing so narrowly um, <laughs> so that they cannot go this route. Uh, the um, thing that they can order, the thing that they can do in this instance cannot unjust become an unjust. That, I mean, that's yeah. when we're talking about justice, the, that's that understanding of right and wrong that enables us to render unto everybody their just due without distinction mm-hmm. um i know we've heard that somewhere somewhere before yeah. <laughs> but um it's uh so when I'm, I'm trying to write this bill i'm like okay the the concept of this bill is to to put somebody right and and stop a, a process that people are doing to deny people what is is due to them but i don't want this judge this judge to be able to say okay well you know what i'm just gonna i'm just gonna blanket write this thing off so that um not only are are you going to pay back and 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 force this this person to make restitution but i'm gonna commit an injustice against (laughs) them uh on top of it and it's like yeah, well, that's that's not what we're looking for. So, yeah. Um, but I see, see, and and but I think in terms of like, like yeah, like with that, it's like kind of understanding that no human is perfect. Well, you got to take. I mean, that that is. Um, I think that would make a lot of people's lives easier, though, especially yeah. when they're like debating online mm-hmm. or arguing. Like, right. Just understand, like, you both have probably misinterpreted the argument mm-hmm. completely. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's just, I don't know how to say it. Like, I don't know. I just feel like if you just kind of like take, take a step back and maybe ask a question instead of uh-huh. throwing a, a well, yeah, an attack. I, I, what I, 
um, the, the one political party that I actually do belong to is something called No Labels. And I've, I've belonged to this for, I, actually, I think it was within a year of their creation, which was like, uh, that had to be before 2007. Uh, well, as, a matter oh, fact, wow. as a matter of fact, I think that was, um, yeah, it had to be before 2007. But anyway, um, th- they're the ones, they're, well, they have a, something called a Problem Solvers Caucus, which is a, a group of 10 Republicans and 10 Democrats in the, in the Congress that um, tackle things. When you're talking about the uh, infrastructure bill, the 3.5 um, trillion, trillion uh, one that they're, they actually got the president to uh, back and, and kind of narrows everything down to what uh, they're agreeing as infrastructure or whatever and saying, okay, well, you can, you can deal with all that, those other side issues in another bill or, or, or later, but mm-hmm. let's get this ball rolling. Yeah. So these, these 10 Democrats and 10 Republicans, they're the ones that drew that thing up. Um, now, they, they have uh, postings on Facebook or whatever, and, they, and it comes up on my feed. And I look at the, um, the conversations that ha- come up when they, they're... Um, well, like the comments? Yeah, well, they're, yeah they're, they're, they're putting on a poll, hey, do you believe that we should, we should address this without a reconciliation or bill or whatever? And the comments after that are not... Um, some people are, are having an intelligent conversation, but most of it... Um, is not constructive at all. Yeah. It is quite simply, oh, these guys are these guys are nothing but a tool for the Democratic Party. And literally, I mean, I, I've seen this on more than one post. <laughs> Immediately after it, oh, you're wrong. They're a tool for the Republicans. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, how the hell, how can you both see the exact opposite from the same yeah. piece of work? <laughs> it's like, wow, yeah, we're. It, it goes back to that concept. We're not talking to each other anymore we're simply and 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 i've i've said this for for over a decade um we have um people political pundits political um operatives in the media that they really see their job is to stir people up yeah um i mean i don't care if you're talking about rush limbaugh um uh, Rachel Maddow, um, talking about Chris Matthews or or Bill Maher or or any one of them on either side of the, um, they do not want to come out there and tell you, well, you know, that both the Republicans and the Democrats they're really they're really getting this stuff done and they're just uh, yeah. no that doesn't get them airtime. <laughs> um, they will they will paint things with broad brushstrokes and and not look at the details of things because they want you to be angry. Yeah. Um, and it's, Fear in my form. opinion, tearing this nation asunder. Uh, yeah. So the problem is we're not, um, we're not looking at things with a critical eye. We're not listening to what we're hearing um, and saying, no, that's not true. You're, you're saying that this is this, but that, the, the that doesn't jive. That yeah. doesn't, and it, it scares me because uh, the lack of critical thinking. Yep. And it's again, it's a conversation I had with um, Alfonso Braggs on my last podcast. I did 
uh, the lack of critical thinking is uh, it's disturbing when you mm -hmm. try to think about the the future of, of a nation mm -hmm. that's you know um, it, if you don't have people who are gonna sit down and, and, and debate and, and do the critical thinking and the mm -hmm. analyses uh, you're just gonna get I don't know a bunch of uh, emotionally driven yeah pieces of yeah. legislation that yeah. and I just don't see how that's that better because in my opinion and the overall tie into things is we are so advanced as a species today mm -hmm. um, technologically and, and, and in terms of society um, we have the knowledge like you said at our mm -hmm. fingertips in our pocket yep. we have the ability to change the lives of every single human and I'm not I don't care about what Jeff Bezos and, and, and these other billionaires do with their money because mm -hmm. these guys were cranking out, you know, hard work, you know, building their empires. Mm -hmm. We could talk about the wages and all that. Um, but mm -hmm. um, it's we have the ability to change the life of every human being on this planet for the better. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I think it's it's just again it goes back to like the human ego and, mm -hmm. and the tribalistic you know mindset mm -hmm. that humans still have whether they want to admit it or not yep. it's just we're stuck in like a purgatory well yeah people are um afraid of change um they're af they're afraid of that when they go through that change they're gonna the things that they rely on are no longer going to be there yeah. and and we are i mean as human beings that's part of our strategy to rise above where we are. I mean, most, most people out there um, go through a period of struggle, mm -hmm. uh, especially right after, whether it's high school or college or, or whatever, they're, they're trying to make their name for themselves. They're, they're not ma necessarily making a whole lot of money and, and they've, they're having to um, pay that sweat equity and that money for the, for the, things like a home or 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 whatever um that they need to um make a stable life for themselves and 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 their kids and all that and and um so there we're we're part of our strategy is to be able to get a routine or get a something that we can rely on uh, a job or a profession, um, a, a, loc a, a, a community, mm -hmm. um, any one of a number of things, we try to get something going that we can rely on and know that this is going to be part of our vehicle to get us further. And then we are very afraid that something is going to come along and <laughs> yeah. affect that. It's going to end that. And, track, and, yeah. and this thing that you, you, put in place and set aside and you don't have to think about it it's just there and you can rely on it now something's threatening that and you're like yeah i don't think yeah. so it's like no yeah, yeah. <laughs> which yeah. kind of one thing that if you still have time yeah mm -hmm. um i'm fascinated by the the world war ii like i mentioned earlier before the podcast and and hitler mm -hmm. um i think that's an interesting um, history about Freemasonry and if mm -hmm. you could kind of like indulge myself and whoever might listen about um, him like but attacking or, or shutting down the lodges or, or capturing Freemasons or well yeah I mean you're um, uh, during that time 
um, you're talking about a, a, a leader who was very paranoid about um, his power, and, and he was talking to something I would... I'm not coining this term. This is actually a term from um, a very good... Uh, uh, an old and, and very informative book on Weimar Germany and the rise of, of Nazism, and it, the title of it was um, The Politics of Cultural Despair. Hmm. And that's what uh, drove Hitler to power. He had a nation that was in despair. Their, their whole way of life was just turned upside down. The, 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 after World War I, the, the, the penalties laid on them, the economic and all this, they just didn't see a way out. And what he did was he found someone he could blame. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he, he blamed the Jewish people. He blamed um, uh, other nations. Um, just anything that um, he knew, he could get them behind him because they could be well, he's speaking our truth. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, it was just one of those kind of perfect storm scenarios where um, there was a, a, a book or a pamphlet, or I, I've never read it. Uh, I'm, I'm vaguely familiar with it, but it was called The uh, Protocols of the Elders of Zion. Oh, I've heard of that. Yes, and because that was that was what generated all of it. It was a book that erroneously suggested that Masons were essentially the tool or the yeah, that's um, right force the 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 muscle behind a conspiracy of the Zionist um, uh, nation or the the uh, Jewish people or, or or whatever to um, uh, not control the world, but uh, keep people down, keep people like the German people down. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people believed in this thing. Um, now, I mean, I, I feel silly just saying this, but I, what I am is I'm actually quoting um, some of the texts, which uh, one of them uh, being Freemasonry for Dummies will, will tell you this, was that, um, historians have discovered that it was actually put out by the uh, Russian police. Um, I don't know if that's the GRU or wh- whatever it is. This was, um, I think, pre-KGB or something like this. But, I mean, uh, I have no reason to, to... I mean, it sounds silly to me, but we we sort of deal with that in our own day, don't we? <laughs> but <Yeah. laughs> uh, so supposedly they were the ones that had put it out. Uh, but irrespective of who put it out it was it was essentially just um a complete work of fiction trying to parade as as uh non-fiction and once again i think we come back to that um concept of people's inability to look at things with a critical eye yeah and believing things that aren't necessarily true they they don't they don't. They don't apply a, hypoth- a hypothesis, or they, if they if they have a hypothesis that okay, this is correct, they don't know how to create tests to prove whether it's right or not, yeah. or whether it will pass the 
uh, any kind of test. Um, well, but also I think it, too, it's you don't if you're trying to take over, yeah, mm-hmm. you don't want anyone, you know, possibly uh, meeting in secret, especially right. if yeah. uh-huh. you know Freemasons and the history with the founding of the United States, right? So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, they they um uh so he. He believed this, or at least he wanted the people to believe this. I'm mm-hmm. sure Goebbels probably put this out there uh, as fast as he could have a printing press running it out there. So um, when it came time for um, Hitler to enact what he called his um, final solution, mm-hmm. where he was creating the concentration camps and he was putting... Um, the Jewish people in there, but he was also putting in political prisoners. Anybody that disagreed with him, or or he identified as as having um, what he wanted to call subversive views or, or whatever, he was putting them in there. Now we all know about the gold star, star of David, that that marked a Jewish prisoner in a concentration camp. Well, pr- political prisoners that he put in concentration camps. Um, wore a, a, a red triangle. This uh, marked them as not uh, being there for being Jewish, but they were a political prisoner. Um, well, he rounded up uh, Masons. He, he uh, because of the protocols of Zion, and possibly for the, the reason that you're talking about, you're talking about when it comes to Masons, you're talking about people that don't necessarily... Uh, they... they tend to look at things with a critical eye. Yeah. So they're not necessarily, they probably did not just go along with the the um, hate speech and the pol- politics of cultural despair. They probably um, were f- not as Masons uh, per se, but people who were Masons on their own, because we know that Lodges do not get involved in politics. They don't t- yeah. direct their people to um, do anything uh, for any political reasons. They just... Yeah, it's, uh, not, it's not really uh, the purpose. Yeah, we, yeah. We, we're just people who... We t- talk to one another and we, and we have a, a fundamental uh, set of principles that um, guide us in our relationships with the other human beings or whatever. And so... Um, we're going to tend to people, the people that go out there and say, okay, well, this is very unjust. Yeah. So I'm going to do something about it as a man. And, of course, um, when I'm doing it, of course, I've got friends from Masonry that are going to do the same thing. So yeah. I'm sure they probably um, put a little resistance to him coming up the political power chain or whatever. But he, he put Masons in the concentration camps um, and... That's that's where they were um, uh, until liberation. And that's know? interesting because I, I didn't even know that. Now, I know that Masonic Lodges kind of shut down and went like in ground, in ground. They didn't display yeah. the symbol. Yes. What but they, they're still what, meeting, which is fascinating to me because I don't know. Um, <laughs> that, that's um, they could no longer wear the, the uh, square and compass. Mm-hmm. So what they came up with it was the forget me not. Mm-hmm. There was they would wear a forget me not on their lapel, and that was their secret um, symbol that hey I'm a Mason, and only Masons knew about it. So that um, has become a symbol of not only 
Masons at that time, but our ability to overcome mm-hmm. uh, persecution because that's going to happen with when you keep things secret, and we have to keep things secret because um, the, the the secrets that we have are really meant for those people that are coming in when they go through the ceremonies and they go through um, our rituals we want them to have an impact we want them to we don't want them to say oh well that's what that looked like when I read it or whatever (laughs) they they want to you want them to, to to hear it and learn the lesson that you're trying to teach them um well it's like I always I always tell people a lot of things we don't talk about again like yep. you're saying it's it's to it's to have an impact on 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 you yeah. if you mm-hmm. join like yep. that's that's for you yeah that's you're joining this organization because you're seeking something mm-hmm. and that's for you on yep. purpose people mm-hmm. people practice these ceremonies for for you yeah um, for them for the individual um and i kind of i compare it to like a a surprise birthday party mm-hmm. like do you want to know that next saturday at six you're having a surprise birthday party and everyone <laughs> that's going to be there and all the gifts you're going to get yeah <laughs> no because that's not that's not something that will impact your life because you know yeah. right yeah. now when you show up there and you have that surprise birthday party and you, you see your friends and your family and and and, and it evokes an emotion yes an emotional response and a, a, a pleasurable emotional response and yeah um it's it's one of those truths of life. Um, I think it was uh, might have been Eleanor Roosevelt said it. Uh, said uh, people will forget what you said. People will even forget what you did. People will never forget how you made them feel. Yeah. And that's and that cuts both ways. If you make somebody feel small, they're gonna remember that forever. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Um, that that is internalized. I mean, the very uh, fact that they felt it within themselves, by its definition, is they've internalized it. Yeah. What? But if you make somebody feel um, like they're a winner, like they are um, somebody who has value in this world, that um, they're appreciated, and that. Um, all their hard work, uh, for for on anything, didn't wasn't just overlooked or anything like that. Mm-hmm. They're gonna remember that forever. Yeah, and and that's gonna change their life. That's one of the ways that you change the world. You change the life of people around you by making their lives better. Yeah, you know? and that's and that's kind of for living in Hawaii. That's what I always learned. I was told when I started um, learning more about the Hawaiian culture, whatever. Yeah. I was lectured mm-hmm. by a, uh, William Souza. Uh-huh. You know him? Uh, name sounds familiar, but and I'm, I'm sure as we get discussing it, I'm going to be like, oh, yeah. what, what is that? No, He's yeah. in the, the Royal Order of Kamehameha. Oh, okay. He helps organize yeah. all the mm-hmm. ceremonies and stuff. Mm-hmm. Hawaiian guy, white hair. Yeah. I love him. Yeah, I, I, I remember seeing him. Yeah. yeah, he always told me, he said, he would say, uh, he, would say, he would say, stop being dumb. It's not about um, what, you're, what, you're, what, what people think of you, like what you did or what you mm-hmm. said, just like the mm-hmm. quote. He said, he said it's about how you make them feel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
because when I was running for office, he was like, you need to touch them. You need yep. to, you need mm -hmm. to shake their hand. You need to grab their elbow. You need to do something, say mm -hmm. something and just be like real. Uh -huh. And just know that that moment, how they feel with you is what they're always going to remember. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and that's, and that's, so that's, that's like what you were saying is, is it, like, you, yeah, if you could, universal. You, could you could change somebody's yeah. life by making them feel good. Cause what, are, what yeah. I mean, honestly, like what are people doing every day? They're yeah. trying to do things to make themselves feel better. Yeah. And I mean, if, if you can surround yourself with people that they don't they necessarily feel, they want to feel fulfilled. Yes. They want to feel like their life has some meaning and, and everybody has gone um, through the stages in their life where they're become aware of their singularity, their conscience within them they realize i'm looking out from this body and you're looking out from your body i cannot look out from yours i yeah. have a single conscience that has a finite period of time on this world and what uh how am i gonna feel at the end of it mm -hmm. will i feel like i just wasted it or and and more on a on a smaller level am i going to feel like i wasted the last year of my life uh, mm -hmm. or am i going to feel like i wasted this last week or yeah. whatever so that's why yeah. i kind of i kind of i kind of look back at like 2020 like with covid <laughs> and i try to figure out how i feel about it still because mm -hmm. i don't feel like i accomplished a few things get my master's degree and things mm -hmm. like this but um you know i just i hope other people are don't feel so down and out because of, you know, COVID or how you know, it impacted them negatively because there's always yeah. a way out. I feel it's, um, I mean, it's cliche to, to say this too will pass, but uh, you, you, ha oh, after so many years of living and all that, you got to be able to look back and realize number one in your human nature, uh, it is human nature that we have had times when we thought, okay, this is it. And I, my life is over. My, yeah. This is, uh, and, and when something dramatic happens to us that threatens our way of life, the first thing we do is we start running through our minds, the worst case scenarios. <laughs> that is true. We do. And, um, it is so rare that that worst case scenario comes to fruition. So we have to realize, we have to be able to um, take those life lessons and, and say, okay, well, I have to control my human nature, uh, that tendency to um, hypothesize the worst-case worst scenario and believe it yeah. and, and make decisions based on, okay, well, my life is over. What are you? Well, no, you've been here before. Mm -hmm. uh, you know the way out. The first way out is um, get a no BS assessment of your situation mm -hmm. because that is going to tell you where you are and then you got to decide where you need to go and what are the steps from getting from point A to point B. Yeah. And, I mean, uh, it sounds simplistic, but you, uh, you know from past experience that's how you did it. Well, that's so, how you and that's kind of again giving the credits to the freemasonry and, and opening up my my thought processes mm -hmm. um, i used to be the kind of person that if 
something went wrong, um, instead of just tackling it head on right then, mm -hmm. or if I messed up, mm -hmm. I would try to hide it. I would dodge from it. Mm -hmm. I would try to run away from it. Yeah. Um, but then you ju you're just dragging it out longer, yeah. and it's more painful. But you just suck it up, and <laughs> you know if you mess up and you just kind of own up, you fess up to it, and you just I guess try to try to right the ship. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, uh, what I what I have come to to believe, um, and you may think it, it crazy, but I believe pretty much everything, every struggle you have is honestly a a, a test. Um, how do you react to it? Um, we can have great principles, but um, it's how we apply it when it's not convenient for us. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's just it as part of maturity is, I mean, we all have those stages where as a, as a young person, you, um, you have something go wrong and you're, building up in your mind oh man they're gonna tear me a new one for this uh yeah they're i'm gonna lose everything i've i worked for um so you're like uh man how can i how can i make this go away uh <laughs> and, <laughs> and um honestly it, it's it and when you get older you you start to realize well you know what that's part of the um concept of uh self-accountability the the concept of um courage mm -hmm. courage to um uh stand up and take consequences sometimes and pay the price and it's uh and it's not it's not easy and it but it's it is one of those things that um after you've had enough epiphanies and had enough realizations that okay well um this is the way to go this is the 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 easy way and the adult way is not, it's very funny they never uh, coincide they yeah. never <laughs> easy never seems to uh, come into adult life <laughs> and as long as you understand too like that you're not the only one who's yeah. had these kind of issues yeah again yeah. I think it goes into suppressing your ego and just sucking it up and saying yeah, yeah I might look bad to people for a while but yeah. you know people forget. Or not forget, but it's just it's not something they they'll necessarily it, it's worry not, about. It's it seems like it's the most important thing in the world right now, but it's in the long run. I as a matter of fact, I will say that um, it's a funny story uh, touching on masonry. Is um, I have a friend from uh, Augsburg, Germany, um, Mason that that visited the lodge, and that's the other beauty of of masonry is you're not talking about your community guys that you meet in your community you're not talking about even guys that you meet in this in your country mm -hmm. you're talking about people that you meet from the world yeah i mean i have a friend in in florence i have a friend in in augsburg germany i got a friend working in in um the czech republic um <laughs> i have um a, a great number of friends in Tahiti I have a number of friends in Paris um, in Marseilles uh, all over the world all because of masonry yeah. um, but yeah we were sitting down and, and he was discussing he's for, uh, uh, my friend from Germany um, he was discussing their history and he said well, I, I don't really think that there's ever going to come a time when, when we're going to be able to um, 
get past our history of, of the time during World War II and the Nazism. And I said, well, uh, something you got to realize is when you look at um, the long run of history, um, what usually happens is you and your former enemies wind up with a uh, mutual enemy yourself. Yeah. A situation or a a uh, aggressor outside of it, um, and I told him, "Well, you you could, there could become a, a a world event where um, we're all united in against a, a common foe." And I said, "In all honesty, I I kind of think uh, worldwide terrorism is probably where yeah. that's that's going to happen." in the future and um to a degree i think that that has happened in within europe i think europe um uh in a large part got a little more united around uh fighting international terrorism so uh yeah the the things may seem like like I said, it's the most important thing in the world, and you're going to forever be known for this. But no, that's not the way it happens. Yeah. You know, and it's, and I, I like that you brought up the friends from all over the world. Yeah, because I used to live in Brazil. Yep. And I would go to lodges in Rio de Janeiro, and mm-hmm. then I also lived in Sao Paulo for a while. Yeah. We'll go to lodges there um, every Friday um, in an area called Liberdade, which mm-hmm. is it's Japanese. Mm-hmm. It's like the largest population of Japanese outside of Japan. Hmm. Uh, so it was very cool. Um, yeah, I used to go to the lodges there like every Friday night. Uh-huh. Uh, and it's just, it's interesting um, because I, I connected through someone in Rio through mm-hmm. a website, our Facebook page, Masonic Vibes. Mm-hmm. Um, I just posted on there, I'm coming to, to Rio, mm-hmm. if there's any brothers. And this one guy didn't live too far. You know, mm-hmm. When I got to Brazil, he took me. Uh, drove me around. He took me to his lodge. I went mm. there. Um, it was awesome. Same as Sao Paulo. When I was going to Sao Paulo, I, I, mm. I linked up with another guy. Um, again, took me around, took me to lodge. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, a, it's a worldwide organization that I think is closer than other organizations in a sense of like uh, the bond. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's, to me, that, that, that has always fascinated me. Yeah, and you could go most any place in the world and find a Masonic lodge from a small town to a big city, except for a few, probably like I don't know, probably Iran, maybe China. They might exist, but you yeah, might not th- be able to find them yourself. Yeah, that's yeah, that's what I'm hearing is is it is officially illegal in in Iran, mm-hmm. but um, it it actually uh, reportedly exists somewhere in there, and I. I uh, uh, if I did know anything about it, I couldn't. I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't say, say it. But yeah. <laughs> uh, the fact of it is, I, I I just hear stories. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, that's I, and I I hear the same. Yeah, about like Iran, um, uh, you know, other countries. I, I don't want to say. But yeah. So. It, it's. If, what I love about it though uh-huh. is, um. It just it just gives hope because there are people in uh, these oppressed countries. Mm-hmm that are still willing to just put their neck on the line and they're meeting mm-hmm. and they're discussing, you know, 
advancement of themselves and mankind in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's kind of like, it just goes to show, like, um, I guess the tenacity of the organization itself, if that's... Yeah, I mean, we, we go back to that, that forget-me-not. Yeah. I mean, that is the... I mean, in... in um, we, we talk about persecution of, of Masons, the, the papal bulls that have actually ordered um, up to and including death for uh, Catholics who are Masons and, and wouldn't renounce their <laughs> membership and, and things like that. But we've had persecutions um, as recently as the, the 80s. Um, there was a book, book came out, I think it was called The Brotherhood, um, that painted a picture of English masonry as as uh, as English government as being rife with um, masons who were doing each other favors and, and things like that. <laughs> and um, this caused a, a firestorm in England. And there was a actually a period of time where it was officially a parliamentary, parliamentary um, enacted legislation that they were. Um, or no, I'm sorry. It wasn't necessarily that it was law. It was it was uh, policy within the government that um, if you were a Mason, you had to inform your supervisor, um, and they they were questioning them a, a market list of things. And uh, the Grand Lodge of England actually had to take it to the to the uh, courts hmm. and laid it out that um, just like anybody else, we have the right of free association, and they're yeah. they're they're trying to make their argument for why they need that and they said well there is the perception and they said whoa you, you uh if you're gonna if you're gonna outlaw us from service in government or you're gonna outlaw us from or you're gonna take our jobs or or anything like that uh uh simply because we're masons you better be have something more than the perception yeah. well there's a perception of the government's corrupt yeah yeah so, <laughs> so yeah so I mean, uh so yeah it it's um it's all part of um, being an unknown. Mm. People will people fear the unknown. So, uh, but I would not advocate um, uh, allowing people to to um, or advocate lifting our our silence over our rituals um, simply because. It would be at the end of um, the core of what we are, that ability to make an impact on somebody and, and make them see um, themselves for who they are and see that um, the, their relationship with man and, and, and that they um, have a duty to other all mankind to mm-hmm. um, uh, practice charity and 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 f- their faith and and um, uh, do something more than just stand on the sidelines and watch the world um, uh, and and uh, their community uh, fall by the wayside. Yeah. Just to you got to get out and. Um, uh, be a better man and 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 do something. Like have you know? a sense of duty. Yeah, yeah. Now, <clears throat> I don't want to take up too much of your time, like I said before. Yeah. 
but I do so Freemasonry it's a it's an all men's organization but mm -hmm. I think what people really tend to like not realize is that the women have an organization too the Eastern Star mm -hmm. now that's for women related to Masons though mm -hmm. yeah but I just felt like it's important to point that out because um, you know, a lot of people will criticize Freemasonry. Oh, how come you don't have women? How come women ain't allowed? Blah blah blah. But it's like, well, they have their well, own. It's just a. It's a traditional thing. And well, it, I mean, it's. Um, it really boils down to, I think, uh, as I see it, and this is not official policy among Masonry or or anything like that. It's just this. This is how I I've seen it. Is the. The organization, the the. Um, history and everything we've the work we've put into it is the ability to make a, a ma uh, make a better man mm -hmm. and as I said before um, men and women they, they complement each other they have different strengths and weaknesses um, and I would no, be no better able to um, tell a woman what makes her a better woman than uh, one may may be to to understand the the difference between a man and a boy. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I mean, I would I would lay it out there that the difference between a man and a boy is a man has adult responsibilities and he meets them. Well, let me say that again: he meets them. Um, a boy he 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 has responsibilities like mowing the lawn or whatever, but nothing he does um, in his given day. If he doesn't do it, somebody's going to starve. Yeah. Or somebody's going to, um, some great injustice is going to befall somebody or whatever. Uh, a man has this weight on him uh, that a boy doesn't. Well, um, you know, we, we can, we as Masons um, have practiced and ha have studied and, and all this uh, to look at what makes a, a, a good man and what can make him better and what uh, but we haven't studied anything about what can make a a woman better and i mean um that's just it's it's like saying um to me it's like saying uh okay well uh the local swimmers club uh doesn't doesn't um uh, train the the local track team. Yeah, well, not that's exactly. not that's yeah. not our specialty. That's not what we know. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's there's nothing that the government nor masonry nor any of that is ever saying that the uh, anybody interested in in what makes a a uh, woman better or anything like that um, can start their own exactly uh, organization or whatever. It's, it's just historically this one was created. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and we've we followed that to to shift gears. Um, we would be giving some people some very bad advice because yeah. <laughs> we don't know. Yeah, we, like, we well. just we we know what we appreciate. Yeah, but but uh, uh, there's so much that 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 makes a woman um, great that we appreciate that um, they do uh, under the radar that yeah. we don't pay attention to it's kind of like um you're uh you don't want to see the wizard behind the curtain yeah, <laughs> is because yeah. um they they uh, one of the things i i've learned 
over my life and um it took a lot of um a lot of knowledge to under to realize the extent of my uh, previous ignorance but <laughs> um i think women are more uh intelligent about relationships than mm-hmm. men are um out of necessity uh a woman will have a lot more on the line uh, uh being more um when when they get into a relationship they can be hurt a lot more than than men tend to be mm-hmm. so they have grown uh to that's one of their strengths they can see things in relationships a lot of times that we don't see yeah oh, and yeah. <laughs> i can't tell them how to do that <laughs> that's yeah. the that's the uh magic that they they have created over uh centuries and yeah. eons or whatever <laughs> that uh they're uh uh, they've got this skill. Yeah. You know? No, they do. They have these women. Def- that's and you know, um, there's always these arguments about um, the the men and the women, and, and I I just appreciate the uh, the evolutionary difference, the creation difference, mm-hmm. and the trait difference. Like you mm-hmm. said, the the characteristics, the, mm-hmm. the skill set difference. Um, I think there's a reason that subconsciously we name all the important things you know mother earth mm-hmm. you know um you know if, if your vehicle which is precious you know it's, it's always a female name yeah, yeah. anything that's close to a, a guy's like heart or uh-huh. character is always named after a female and it's not because of some some sexualization and in, in mm-hmm. that sense like a fantasy i it's well it's been ingrained it's, in us yeah in our culture um i think where we went off the rails was when we um in our paternalism, we've we, um, not us as Masons or whatever, but uh, as mankind, we uh, we painted the female of the species as um, inferior. Oh yeah, that was a that was a a, a tragic um, road to go down because uh, I'm sure that has led to a lot of suffering. That's led to a lot of um, injustice. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and, but we got to be careful that, that we don't, uh, throw the pendulum in, in a equally violent, yeah. uh, direction. We got to see things for what they are, you know, that's, um, but. And that kind of circles right back to the critical thinking. Yeah. Like you can't just. Yeah, it does. Uh, no, we're yeah. guys. Yeah. No, you're not. You're women. We have to appreciate those. But I just want to, um. With the, uh, one one last thing on the, on that that subject before we go uh, mm-hmm. go or move on to anything else, um, there was a, a a reporter, a woman. I have a great deal of respect for her um, her rigor as a as a journalist. Um, she actually did an experiment for like a year. She became a man, not surgically, but she mm-hmm. she dressed as a man and she she attended. Um, a lot of the men's therapy things and, and whatnot. Oh, wow. And one of the one of the things that she said, um, speaking to your your uh, our our ingrained respect for uh, the the woman, the mother figure or, or mm-hmm. whatever, um, she said, "I didn't realize how good we had it." As she said, "If you are a a, a woman." 
and you're walking down a busy sidewalk um, and you stop, people will go around you. People will get out of your way. Mm-hmm. If you are a man and you walk down a busy sidewalk and you stop, they will they will run over you. <laughs> yeah, get she, the hell out she, the way. Yeah, she <laughs> she experienced that. She just by nature we will um, we will uh, make more accountants for um, not hurting a woman, not not um, uh, disrespecting or not. Um, uh, causing causing injury to a woman uh whereas a man hey you you had a 50 50 proposition when yeah. you stepped on this earth uh if you can't if you can't keep up with the with, with like the that, uh, uh with, with the the way of life then you need to step off the sidewalk you know? yeah that's kind of true though right it's kind yeah of more the survival of the fittest type mindset well it's, it's it's part of um whether we want to accept this fact or not um one of the the big factors of of being um uh what when you're talking about a scale of of manhood or whatever strength is always going to be primary and that's because of um our duties to uh our mates and mm. our children and all that we um we tend to have less empathy uh but more strength a, a mother uh, what one of the qualities that that will um, uh, make her more valuable as a mother in in people's eyes or as a woman in other people's eyes is uh, the concepts of nurturing, um, the concepts of empathy, but strength is not necessarily. Um, when we're talking physical strength as yeah. opposed to inner strength, uh, uh, inner strength to be able to um, uh, make sacrifice and uh, for um, her and her, her or, or her family, her children, and all that. Um, oh, yeah. That's and and f- men too. That's one of those things that we do all share that that inner strength to sacrifice our our time, our futures, our our um, our dreams for the. Um, uh, benefit of our offspring and, and so, sometimes society in general or things like that that's something we share and you see like uh, and some people they'll you know when it comes to the, the discussions about like the male and female I think if we, I always think about the duality and the mm-hmm. difference you know mm-hmm. um, the male female light dark black white up down mm-hmm. as above so below type Mm-hmm. Those types of things. So I see, like you're saying, the women and the men, they complement one another. Mm-hmm. Uh, you need both of them. Now, maybe, because in my opinion, maybe it's not an opinion, maybe it's true, I don't know, but uh, <laughs> society advances way faster due to technology and things than people evolve. Humans right. don't evolve. So people will argue, you know, we. I don't really want to get into too much of it, but, you know, the, just the, the differences, uh, the makeup of the body of the man and women mm-hmm. when it comes to sports and, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, but women work too, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, but predominantly in the past, as we've evolved, mm-hmm. men were the, the hunters and, and such like that. Mm-hmm. Not in every culture, but you can go to other cultures and find women that are, you know, a more, more athletic build and, yeah. and things mm-hmm. like that. So 
I guess in, in our society, in a Western society, the bodies haven't, I guess, evolved with society in a sense that people would like them to be today, which <laughs> they seem to want equal. Equal mm. bone structure, equal fast twitch muscles, equal, <laughs> you know. But for me, I, humans don't evolve that fast. Society is way more ahead than we are physically in a sense of what people want. Well, I mean... I think they want. Well, I, I think we, we are making a mistake as society to think that we can make everything homogenous. Yeah. There is going to be difference. It's your ability to accept difference, not your accept ability ability to erase difference. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, and one of the I will add something to that uh, in that I think our evolution or as our, or our growth as society also has to include our appreciation for difference. Yeah. What a boring world this would be if everybody <laughs> spoke the same language. Yeah. Looked the same. Um, Come on. Know, what if we were all just eating pork chops, man? <laughs> like, that's it. That's the food of the people because we're all just one. You yeah, got to have yeah. The, yeah, it's, the differences. It, yeah, it's... Um, that, that, that really, I think, is where your injustices and your... Um, true uh, uh, mindset problems uh, is linked is when we think that there is a um, standard, there is a um, one perfect type of being or or whatever Mm -hmm. um, and anybody that is not that is inferior so we don't want to turn around and, and cre- try and create one superior being that everybody is like. No, you just need to back up and say, hey, there is um, no superior one type of being. Mm-hmm. We have to say, okay, well, we're, we have all these differences, and that's fantastic. The, yeah. the, the fact that we can... Um, uh, go out and speak to somebody that has a, a, a different take on, on things because their culture, uh, when you go to Paris, mm-hmm. you know, they do things so differently. And I'm not going to tell you that they're, it's superior. I mean, well, you look at, like, London. When I went to London, um, you hardly have any cars in London town. They have cordon pricing. They have... Um, because... Quite frankly, you you can travel on the subway, you can travel on the bus, you can mm-hmm. travel uh, all these different. But that's because starting in 1899, they that's when they f- dug their first subway tunnel. Wow! Uh, they've been building this thing for over a hundred years, <laughs> and so they are at that stage where they don't need a car yeah. necessarily in inside of London, except for police cars and, and taxis. And, I love that. Uh, um, and, and that works for them. There is nothing wrong with that. Um, and there's nothing wrong with the way we are right now. Uh, uh, where, we, where we run into the problems is where we try to say, okay, well, that's what they're doing, so we need to do that right now. Well, 
you got about a hundred years worth of work <laughs> that you got to do before you can be there. Yeah. So there's nothing wrong with necessarily where you are. You may like to go that direction or or whatever, but um, and the the thing is, um, the the fact that you can go somewhere and see how somebody else does something different and say, hey, that's great. It's it's um, it's great to see that. Um, and not necessarily say, okay, well, we have to do that over here now. It's, <laughs> well, it's nice it, to see things different. Yeah, you know? and I think of it like, like again, going back to what you were saying about the each state is its own country. Yeah. I love mm-hmm. it. It's different. Yeah. I would hate, at least me now at this point in time and in, in this life and reality that I'm living in, mm-hmm. I would I, I would hate to think that one day, like the gray aliens uh-huh. that they talk about, yeah, yeah. that that's the future humans who uh-huh. are coming back. Because they're so curious how we could all be have been so different at one time. <laughs> because imagine you're a, you're a great alien yeah. and you're everyone's the same. Mm-hmm. You're all bland. Yeah, yeah. You're all uh-huh. intelligent. Okay, you die now. What if reincarnation is true? And mm-hmm. now you circle back and you're doing. You're like, what? it's like deja vu every day because you're everything's the same. I, I would <laughs> hate that. I would hate. That. So just at a chance, the reincarnation is true, and mm-hmm. I would come back and live another life on this planet and mm-hmm. in this reality and timeline and such mm-hmm. and such. I would really hate for everyone to be the same. There'd be no difference. I yeah. want there to be the amazing um, football players, mm-hmm. like on the Pittsburgh Steelers, soon to be seven-time champions. Mm-hmm. Like I want them to be incredible athletes. I'm not an incredible athlete. Yep. I, I couldn't be on the Steelers, and I appreciate that. I also can't be Neil deGrasse Tyson because yeah. he's so intelligent, yeah. and I appreciate that. And I appreciate all those differences yep. that everyone has. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, it's, the, the one thing I would like to see the same is a basic standard of understanding of how to treat each other. Yeah, or like morality. Uh, yeah, I mean... We're, and when I say morality, I'm not necessarily talking about um, uh, some of the social morality of, of okay, well, um, I, I, the, the belief that, okay, well, uh, it's kind of hard to pull something out of the hat here. <laughs> uh, you know, I just appreciate just, differences. I, I think the, the, uh, the, the underlying principle of um, love your fellow man as, as yourself, or I mean, t- to um, treat other people the same way in a similar situation that you want to be treated. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the, it boils down to to that. Um, in that, we to, for us to actually think about how somebody else is going to feel about something we're doing or the way we're talking yeah. to them or, or, or something like that and, and not, but that's not, it's not something we're ever going to see in our lifetime, but <laughs> it would be nice if we valued that. Yeah. And that's, that's why if I were to, if I were to lay something, some concept or one specific thing down that, that is why Masons are linked worldwide is Masons all have at least the training, uh, the the exposure to that that idea of universally um, doing to others as in similar circumstances you would have them do to you. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So when I'm, I'm going over to Paris and, and meeting some of the Masons over there or, or, or Tahiti or, or whatever, I know that they at least have some value for mm-hmm. that basic core concept. Yeah. And that's it. You're not yeah. just going to walk into somewhere and uh, the attitudes are completely different, you know, <laughs> yeah. in a sense. Yeah. So I guess uh, if, uh, if anyone were listening to this that is not a Mason that was interested in, in, in joining but still kind of nervous, would mm. you have anything to kind of encourage them? Um, you know, I mean, if, if something we were talking about or, or something that you read as far as um, specifically what, what you want to look at is something that was put out by Masons. Uh, uh, if you're if you're trying to find a, a key to uh, what we're about or what you would find here, um, and actually the, the Netflix has a, a a documentary on the Grand Lodge of England. That's not per, not too bad. Oh yeah, that's I, a good one. I like that. Yeah, one. I've, I've seen that one. Uh, if you're seeing something like that, um, uh, and you're you're interested. Just bear in mind, um, we can't recruit. So if you walk in there, there is going to be no high-pressure sales tactic to get you to sign on any dotted line yeah. or any any junk like that. Um, they're going to tell you, hey, um, just come by every whatever day of the week it is that they meet um, at this time. Uh, we'll get to know you. You'll get to know us. And then when you decide, and I mean, that's you know that's pretty much universal in masonry you decide when you drop the application yeah uh nobody's going to tell you hey you got to drop the application now you decide when you drop the application and when you do um then they'll take they'll go from there and schedule you to get uh let's go through uh, the process yeah. yeah go through the process so um Pretty much, you got nothing to lose except for one uh, max, one night worth of <laughs> couple of hours worth of sitting down, having a meal, and talking to people. Yeah, hey, uh, even if you go for the meal, you know, a lot of it's home cooked. Yeah. <laughs> well, it depends on what lodge you jo- you go to. Yeah. So, but um, yeah, so you're you're um, you're not gonna get you're not gonna get sold on a bill of goods or anything like that. Um, you're gonna you're gonna know. Um, a good deal about the people. You may not know what you're gonna get, you're gonna see uh, when you go through the uh, rituals and ceremonies. But that's to your benefit. Yeah. Um, the the same ceremonies that I went through, same ceremonies that um, were essentially all in place when Benjamin Franklin and George Washington and Mozart, uh, all of them, when they became Masons, same same ritual uh, and. Um, uh, I can tell you that there's uh, uh, something about masonry. Um, hazing has no place in Masonic life or ritual. Yeah, that's all, yeah, that's important. That's all. I, I, all I, all I'm gonna say <laughs> on that one. It's um, uh, it's not a college fraternity. Yeah, yeah, that's not that's not what we're talking about here. <laughs> that's not it. It's a, so it's like a yeah, grown men's society. You got. Um, the only, only thing that I think you would regret is if you went there with, um, 
anything less than the intention of of reflecting on your own um, life and your own uh, uh, level as a, as a man as where you as where you are as far as um, being able to fit in with uh, your fellow your mankind and and um, your service to God. Yeah, and I, yeah, yeah. And I think it's also just to point out: don't have to be rich. Don't you know? Nope. It's, it's we got people of all economic statuses in, yep. in masonry because I think that's another misinterpretation that oh, only rich people can be masons. But that's not that's not necessarily true. Although in I some mean, some countries it is harder. Uh, yeah, I mean, but, you're you're to have a a universal um, standard. While while masonry does not advocate uh, making it uh, a rich person's thing, um, it's uh, you're always going to have somebody somewhere out there that's going to subvert the principles. Uh, in in a, in a in a minor way, but but because we're a lodge of of multiple people, we kind of have each other to, um, and and you generally sit in a officer's position for only one year, so people yeah. have very little ability to to permanently damage the the uh, the principles, the core principles of masonry. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it, it's not it's it's not a, a rich person's game. In fact. That is one of the core principles of masonry is equality. Mm-hmm. Um, you you go into that lodge and um, I know there is a story that uh, after uh, or no uh, no yeah it was right after um, I think he was out of office. Harry Truman visited a lodge um, and they were going to make an introduction. And he said, uh, and they were going to introduce him as um, the former president. And he said, no, you don't announce me as the former president. You announce me as the former Grand Master of Pennsylvania. Yeah, I like uh, that. So, yeah, he, he, he was, his only standing in masonry was um, his accomplishment in masonry. Yeah, not that, no, there's not, no titles, that, no kingmanships, don't yep, matter. Yeah, yeah, not not your worldly wealth uh, or <laughs> yeah. honors. And that's so. again, that's what makes I think the organization as great as it is, as long lasting as it as it will be, because the like you said, the equality among the men in, in the room in a lodge. Yeah. yeah, our our ability to shed um, the uh, bigotry that exists outside. Uh, the lodge, uh, the um, stereotype, the um, inequalities—all these things that, um, going back to to having read the builders, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, you're talking about a, a guy talking about this concept in 1914, um, and society has um, kind of advanced uh, uh, on that issue. Um, massively in the last hundred years but a hundred years ago he was already talking about it so i love that yeah i love that so. well i just want to say i appreciate your time oh yeah anytime and uh so. i hope i hope anyone who listens to this at least learns something maybe <laughs> yeah. or uh, enjoys it um 
And then if you if you have anything else you, you'd like to say, if not, we'll just uh, close it out. No, I think I talked myself <laughs> out right there. <laughs> no, I just want to say I, I enjoyed it. I, yeah. I was learning along with anyone else listening. Um, I'm fascinated with a lot of the things you talked about. And again, that's that's why I loved Freemasonry because meeting people like yourself where I could have these conversations um, and really yeah. expand my own thought processes is, has been life-changing for the better. Like I said, it's, it's a... Um it's a catalyst for epiphany. I love it. Uh, so, <laughs> well, again, uh, Joseph Bonin, yep. former um, or what we call the past master of Honolulu Lodge. Um, I just want to say thank you for your time. And again, if anyone out there who listened to this was interested in masonry, you just got to reach out to someone in your area, a lodge. Look out the website, maybe. As they say, uh, to be one, ask one. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And don't be afraid to uh, approach one if you see they have the ring or something or a decal on their car. <laughs> yeah. I promise you. Yeah. All right. Well, I thank you. Thank anyone who listens to this. And uh, you have a good day. Okay. Thank you.